<laughs> Say what you just said. <laughs> Say what you just said yeah. to begin episode 226. Say now now said. Eagles fans know how Seahawks fans felt walking out of that fucking stadium. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. It hurts, doesn't oh. it? Oh. Pain in the desert. I forgot that you had a rooting interest in this game. I thought you were like me, just kind of rooting for a good game. I always go into it going, you know, I don't, I don't really care. But then after the first play, I'm like, let's go, Mahomes. Come on, stick it to him. I truly was trying not to care. That I was like, screw the Eagles and their dumb fans. Episode 226. It's available on all podcast platforms. Subscribe and rate us, please, on Apple, like JD Frizzle did. On February 7th, he gave us five stars oh, on good. Apple Podcasts. You guys rock. Love the show. Today, just found out you used to be the producer for Tony Kornheiser. That's awesome. I've been watching him and Will Bond forever. Would love to hear more stories from those days. <laughs> more stories. More stories. More than you've already told more in your lifetime. Stories. Holy crap. More stories. More stories. <laughs> uh, yes, you can go to Apple Podcasts and rate us. Hopefully, you'll throw us a five star. Yep. And uh, you can comment about the show. It really does help. It helps with all their algorithms. And it helps with us getting guests. Because sometimes the publicity people, the reps for these guests, oh, yeah. they actually go to our page and they say, all right, let's see how popular this thing is. And let's see what people think of this show. Back when podcasts got really popular, Adam Carolla tells a story about going on somebody's podcast. Like, he has one. I'll share. I'll go on the guy was like doing it in his basement. He was like 20. He had no idea. <laughs> like us. <laughs> but I mean. Minus the 20 part. I mean, he was just like, he was like the worst podcast ever. But now he's uh, in it. He can't just bail. And he, he did it. He, did, uh, it was, like, he was like yelling at his mom to be quiet. And oh God. So he had no idea. He just thought, you know. Remember, that's funny. He's a, probably a broadcaster that's like funny. me. And he wasn't. That's exactly how guests <laughs> feel when they come on Mitch Unfiltered. Right. I yell, hey, Misty, stop. Hey, mom. Uh, anyway, bonus shows every week. The Mariners No Table is coming. Become a Mitch Unfiltered patron at $5 a month. And I'll have you know, can I pat myself on the back? Please. If you were a Mitch Unfiltered patron and you listened to Shooting the Shit with Mitch and Slick, our weekly show with uh -huh. Slick Hawk, you would have heard me say, I've got two recommendations for wagers. I don't have a feel on the game, Chiefs Eagles. I have two recommendations for wagers. Okay. One, Isaiah Pacheco goes over 48 and a half. In yards rushing. Yeah. Nice work. And the other one was Devontae Smith over whatever it was supposed to be, 68, so whatever it was. Hit him ball. Wow. I gave two out, and I went two for two. I didn't give 10. I didn't give 20. I gave two out. Yeah, yeah, and you hit him. Hit him. And that pays... If you, if you went and you wagered on those, that pays for the Mitch Unfiltered sponsorship and then some. That's, it's too bad that when I watch sports and there's a defensive touchdown, all I think about is how many happy people are there right now at plus 255 on about, whether there'd be a defensive touchdown. How about touchdown? the bet that came in right before game time on, on heads, $58,000 on heads, and it was tails. That guy was down 58 grand right away. Before there was a snap, he was down. Down and 58 grand. I think the anthem came in right at the predicted time, by the oh, way. How could it have? That I, guy took forever for crazy. God's sake. But it was good. It was good, though. He's I don't talented. know who that... Oh, so you know who that guy Chris is? Chris Stapleton? I thought we discussed this, and you don't really know who Chris Stapleton is. I know who he is. He's People oh, love him. He's like an eight-time Grammy Yeah, nominee. I don't know anything. Of, that was good. That was a good anthem. Country. I like that. He's, he's country, I guess, but he's kind of a rockish country. How did that not go way over? It seemed like he took forever to sing that anthem. Well, they must have known that's what he does, and they, they nailed it somehow. It's unbelievable. Really? Yeah. It was right on the number? I'm pretty sure it was right on the number, really close. So go to MitchUnfiltered.com and become a patron. Click Become a Patron. If the $5 is a problem, 
and you'd like to have access to our weekday shows, just write me, Mitch at MitchUnfiltered.com. You don't have to give me some, a lot of people give me explanations. You yeah, know, yeah. I, I don't need to know that you're out of work or that you can't afford the five bucks or this yeah. and that. Just tell me, hey, it's tough for me right now. I'll trust you and I'll, I'll set you up at MitchUnfiltered.com. Okay? Yep. I need you to play amateur psychiatrist. You've known me for how long? Uh, five plus carry the one, 28 years. <laughs> right, yeah, right around 28 years. A little less than 28 years. 28 years, you yeah. know me. Spring of 95, I think I met you. So I think you're going to have to handle this email. <laughs> okay, I'm ready. There's a lot of analysis that's due this email All right. that poured in to Mitch at MitchUnfiltered.com because people who have thoughts on me or the show or you, yeah. criticisms, comments, whatever you'd like, you can write us as well. Mitch at MitchUnfiltered.com. Are you ready? Uh, you going to handle this? Is it about me too? No, it's about me. Okay, I'm ready. Now I can't wait. Hey, Mitch, parentheses, and I'm going to read this exactly the way it was written. No editing. Sometimes they're so long that I have to do a little bit of editing. No editing on this one. All right. Hey, Mitch, parenthesis, please share with Scott. If you use on podcast, please exclude my last name. Why put your last name on there? If you want <laughs> Is his email? Is it in his email address? His last name or no? No. So he could have just been he anonymous. Signed it with his name and his last <laughs> name, and then he just trusts me. Falls yeah. backwards. He says, "Please exclude my last name if you read this on air," which I will. But right, yeah. At that point, don't include your last name, right? Unless you really trust me. Fair or point. maybe he wants me to know his last name, but he doesn't want anybody else to know. His he last wants name. you to know he's like a real person. I'm not hiding. I just don't want it on. Yeah, okay. maybe okay. that's it. Right. The show gets better and better. Love the banter with you and Scott. And the interviews are always entertaining, even when I think to myself, I'm not going to be interested in that. All these guys that have come on your show over the years, years, both radio and podcast, seem to really like you and even admire you, despite all the rumblings that you're not a nice person. <laughs> all of them, okay. Lock and Fora, Dave Grosby, Peter King, even Tracy Taylor, please take her to lunch. I wonder if other listeners that have never met you like me also find you to be an enigma. In parentheses, in case you didn't cover that at Syracuse, a person or thing that is mysterious, puzzling, or difficult to understand. Thanks for breaking that down. I think we all got it. We hear all these stories about how mean you can be, and yet every so often you let your guard down on air and a really compassionate, caring personality comes out. Is that an act? What's the truth? I always think that someday I will run into you at a sports event or restaurant and I might find out for myself. Then again, I would rather never know than be disappointed with the answer. Oh That's it. Roger in Federal Way, Washington. <laughs> P.S. Will Scott ever get back to the music profiles? Maybe I don't want to hear the answer to that either. <laughs> Well, There's a lot to break down there. There you go. I figure, who am I to answer this email? You've known me, you say, for 28 years. Yeah. This isn't the first time I've received emails that are kind of like this, have the same tone to it. Like, What's the tone? What do you mean? Like, everybody says you're such a bad guy oh. and this, that, and the other thing. And you come across so terribly on the radio, like you're a mean dude on the radio. Uh, you, the way you handle your producers on the oh, radio, all that. Yeah. Yeah. So... I, I have nothing. I have not. How can I answer this email? It's not fair to classify you as a mean person. I don't think that's fair at all. 
Did you butt heads with producers in the past? Yes, you did. <laughs> Are you a mean person? I don't think anyone would suggest that. So he just did. <laughs> outside of Roger, Roger from... No, oh, not yeah, his right. last name, please. Schmageggy? Is yeah, that let's it? Let's call him Schmageggy. Okay. Roger Schmageggy from yes. Federal A, Washington. I don't think anyone would call you a mean... Even your Nobody? old producers wouldn't call you a mean person. Right? Okay, so we could just throw that out there. Okay. So when you do come on and people are nice and they like you and you seem, you see you have a caring heart and you're generous and all that, that's not an act. I can tell everybody. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's not. God, I was hoping you were going to go that direction. <laughs> <laughs> you, you could have done the, the, the Steve Martin Pepsi ad from the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. This is delicious, or yeah. am I acting? Ben Stiller did one, right? <laughs> right, yeah, right. yeah. You're going to have to t try for yourself. That's right. Uh, so, yes, I'm here to say I don't think you're a mean person. No. So he can. So he why can, am I an enigma? Easy. Well, because some people have that. <laughs> I guess maybe that feeling that you just said nobody has that feeling. But I think people might think that you're a little tough on producers or tough with people on people. You, I don't know if mean is the right word. I mean, you, it's hard to go through life just being a mean person, right? I mean, yeah, how would you survive yeah. twenty three years in yeah. the same freaking company yeah. if you were just a mean person? We, we've we've gone over this ad nauseum that. You know, you were fighting for your life on the air. Maybe you didn't oh, act. Oh, don't give me excuses now. No, but, but I mean, I'm not. Look, I said you were tough on producers. I'm not completely, you know, making excuses for you. But yes. we all didn't know what the hell we were doing. We were just trying to get ratings. <laughs> yes, we were awful to each other at times. But I don't think it's fair to say you're a mean person. I'll so you that think it me. all comes, it all stems from my relationship with producers on and off the air at KJR. You think that's what all of this, it's not about how I came across on the show in other areas, in other forms. I think that's a, just me and producers. I think it's a big chunk of it is your yeah. producers. You had a <laughs> Jesus. Oh my Lord. Did you go through producers? Um, but you know what, what happened? I never fired any. They all left. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> um, uh, what happened with you and uh, Feinstein? Maybe that, you know, uh, uh, you know, but th there are a few, I guess people that maybe you butted heads with and that, you may have rubbed the wrong way, but... Does that make me a mean person, I, what I did to Feinstein? Goofing on him on the air, I don't think, makes you a mean person at all. Because if goofing on him makes me a mean person, what are you and Tepper? Well, right, From I all mean, those years exactly, on cue. Like, right. You it's, did it in a more lovable way? Is right. that the way it works? <laughs> it's a freaking radio show. We're trying to make people laugh and entertain <laughs> people. Uh, again, we don't know what the hell we're doing half the time. And Feinstein should know you by now that... You have a tendency to joke around when hosting a morning show. Excuse me for trying to make somebody laugh in the morning on the way to work. He, yeah. he probably should have known God, you, you by then. you brought up the Feinstein story. Well, you asked me for other yeah. examples. and you know. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe you've butted heads with people, but so, I'm here to say Mitch is not a mean guy. So uh, do I need to take this opportunity to apologize to anybody like the Twitter audience that was offended with my Sunday night tweet? Oh, maybe you are mean. During I, don't the I don't know about this. Yeah, you probably are mean. I want to apologize for the tweet that I sent. Did you, are you really sending that? Or did you already tweet? I sent it. Oh, you did? You apologized? I apologized. Oh. But now I'm apologizing. Should I not have apologized? I don't know. Does Jesus get a special rate on the Super Bowl commercials, or does he pay full price? <laughs> it's hardly People the, got mad. The most offensive thing I've heard in 2023. Does Jesus pay full price? I didn't ask you if it's the most offensive thing you've ever heard. Yeah. I'm asking if it's offensive. You're asking me if I'm offensive no. or if I'm speaking do for everybody. Think, do, not for everybody. I don't think it's offensive. No, to anybody. I don't think anyone could be offended by you saying, does Jesus pay? There was a commercial for Jesus. A car, it had to be more than one. There had to be three or four, wasn't I, there? I guess. I, I, yeah. just, I remember one for sure. So 
Oh, uh, there were Again, more than one. I mean, sometimes you, you do try to joke around on Twitter and on the radio show and on the podcast. Well, David Gardner was offended. Oh, he was. Poor taste, Levy, even for you, he wrote. Well, see, now we're getting back to the even for you. See? Yeah, maybe. See? maybe a little, well, well but, maybe his real name. Maybe maybe David Gardner's not his real name. Maybe Roger. <laughs> but again, having poor taste. Roger Schmageggy from Federal Way, Washington. <laughs> having poor taste does not make one me necessarily. It's not the same thing. So, yeah. yeah. You've been known to have poor taste. I mean, I think a lot of us have had our moments where we've had poor taste. Yeah. I don't think this is one of them, but that's just me. Most of the time that you make an error in judgment like that with a tweet or social. And we always ask you and I always kind of on the other stuff segment, talk about these things. And we say, can't you just think before you hit send? Can't you just think about it? True. Yeah. Why do we tweet? So in this case, I honestly, when I asked about half price, does he get a special rate? Yeah. Jesus. I actually stopped, looked at the tweet, waited about five or 10 minutes Whoa. and contemplated it. Like, yeah, yeah. I know I'm going to get some brushback for this, yeah. but I don't mean people will get it right. It's not the end of the world. So I went back and forth on whether I was going to hit the button that says tweet to send it out. <laughs> I didn't. What I'm saying is this wasn't a rash. Like, right. oh, boom, I'm, I see the commercial. Mm, I knock the thing out and I send it. Yeah. It wasn't like that. I actually contemplated my words. And who it was going to offend. It'd be a little weirder if there wasn't a commercial during the Super Bowl. That Why we all is saw. there a commercial about? Um, I don't. I, I, maybe I shouldn't be going there. But I, I'm, I'm just trying to figure out who, well, well, who who paid for it. Like, that, what's the group? That's the whole point of my tweet. Yeah, that's the humor in my tweet. Like, who's yeah, paying yeah. for this thing? Right. These things are seven million dollars for thirty seconds. <laughs> right. I know they were. They were seven million dollars right? for thirty seconds, Good and he Lord. had he had two or three of them. I, 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 I don't want to go any further. I, I just well, they don't pay taxes in the old churches, so you know, money just comes rolling Who in. Who paid every that Sunday. deal? I, I, I'm still trying to figure out like what what the org was, what the group was that, that paid I for. I don't it. have any idea. And it almost felt like it was in a way like taking a shot at Christians in a way. Yeah, I thought, yeah, it was a little, like yeah. Our group, we love everyone, whereas yeah. you guys act like you love Jesus. I don't, but know. you don't act as He does. So I, I couldn't figure it out. Seven million dollars per thirty seconds for that spot. Crazy. Somebody had to pay it. That's right. Fox isn't in the business of giving things away. No, are they? no, no, no. With all the money they got to pay Tom Brady starting next year, they ain't giving <laughs> a, ain't giving away seven million dollars worth of spots. Apparently, they got to pay Greg Gutfeld for his new night show. <laughs> that I just found out about. God, who knew that was a thing? My God. <laughs> Guests on this episode 226 without shot, Scott. I got a winner for you that you're going to love. Everybody's going to love unless you hate the University of Washington. Okay. If you hate the University of Washington, skip it, go to the next interview. Okay. If you either tolerate the University of Washington or you actually something more like like the University of Washington, okay. you are going to love... Interview number one. All right. Because not only did I find out is he a, a really talented wide receiver, but articulate, fun, really good interview. Rome Adunze. Oh, I like that guy. Huskies all world wide receiver Ooh. is interview number one. And boy, did we have a couple of laughs. I don't see. I don't know anything about his personality, so I can't wait to hear. You're going to find out about it. I didn't either. Yeah. I read up on him, and there was a story from his past that I, that I stumbled on, and I wanted to bring it up at the beginning of the interview to see if I could see if I could finagle some more information. There's a story about him going on a recruiting visit with a pal of his that played tight end okay. to an SEC school, a very prominent SEC school when he was a senior in high school, and they ignored him. 
They only talked to the buddy. Oh. They asked him no questions. They showed zero interest. Oh. And there's this story about that, but I couldn't find in all the web searching that I did which SC I needed to know which yeah. SEC school. So I asked him if I'm really kind to him during the interview. At the very end, would you announce <laughs> on Mitch Unfiltered, would you break the story? Which coach, which SEC school Love ignored it. you during your trip? And he said, I don't know that I can do that. Ah. But then did. Ah, let's go. At the very end. And, I love and, the, it. and the way he did it, very funny. Nice. You're going to love this kid. And by the way, great instinct, ACC or SEC coach, yeah. whoever you were. Really good scout. Great instinct <laughs> on that kid, right? Holy shit. He'll be playing on Sundays. No, he should be playing on Sundays next year, <laughs> right? Somehow, somebody decided to get him to come back. Right. Roma Dunze is guest number one. Eldridge Rick Asner is back. Ah, uh, yes. Rick Asner, as I thought, is yes, a kid. Yes. Three time all conference guard at the University of Washington oh, yeah, back sure. in the day. Many years in the NBA. Pac-12 network announcer, a great guy with an even better laugh. We laugh a lot. LeBron versus Michael Jordan. Oh, yeah. Everybody wants to weigh in on LeBron, and it's become personal. Like, if you don't have the right answer, <laughs> you're a mean, mean-spirited Mitch Levy. Something tells me I know where Rakazier stands on this whole argument. He stands on the correct side yeah. of the argument. I'm not going to go to the extent of putting down people who are on the opposite side. Yeah. Because I think it's a nice debate and it's fun and it's sports and whatever. I'm not going to like be a mean, mean guy here. I got to be careful. That's right. You're very For mean. Roger Schmageggy in federal way. Mm -hmm. But there's really, and we'll talk about it in segment one. There's really only one answer to this question. Right. But to say it's not even close. Well, I'll tell you what, before you say it's not even close or it is close. Yeah. I'll just share with you a couple of facts. Okay. Okay, and you decide whether it's close or not close. All right. Are you convinced that LeBron James is one of the top two players in NBA history? That's the first question. Right. To be compared with Michael Jordan, the first thing, the first hurdle he's got to get over is, is he one of the best two of all time? Maybe he is, maybe he isn't. That's a question. Okay. Anyway, we'll talk about it in segment number one. And the Hawk, John Hawkins, award-winning golf writer, returns. Tiger is back in L.A. Yep. He's decided to play in his own tournament at uh, Riviera this week. Live versus PGA. Patrick Reed throwing tees at Rory McIlroy. What about streakers going on down at Streakers the <laughs> going on in Scottsdale. By the way, I got to say, this, yes. this new generation of streakers, if Bad. you're going to streak, streak. Streaky means completely naked. Go yeah. look at the cats in the 70s. That's right. With the enormous bush going on down there. They didn't care. <laughs> they ran as fast as they could completely naked. If, if you're going to streak, oh, streak, oh. all right, millennials? You're not doing it right. Roger Schmageggy, that's Scott talking, <laughs> not Mitch. At least I'm not mean about it. <laughs> so three guests on this episode 226, Roma Dunze, Eldridge Rakasner, and the Hawk, John Hawkins. And before we officially begin 226, and I tell all you people to think LeBron is better than Michael, why you're nuts, some words about our unfiltered partners like Evergreen Golf Call, tax advisors, certified financial planners, experienced portfolio managers working together to bring retirement planning, taxes, and investments under one roof, evergreengk.com. More than just a financial advisor, Evergreen is everything well. Zeke's Pizza, while expansion continues in 2023, got to tell you about a remodel and reopening in the Zeke's Pizza family. The location in Redmond on Cleveland Street. Ownership change, a truly spectacular remodel. Give it a try 
homegrown in the Northwest. Daniel's Broiler, four amazing locations, Les Shy, South Lake Union, Bellevue Place, and the Hyatt Regency, downtown Seattle, right across from the Paramount Theater. If you haven't yet tried that location, do so. It's a really special place. Daniel's Broiler world-class steakhouses. John Water Stratton Fireside Home Solutions. Fireside is the title sponsor for virtually every contest and promotion that we run on Unfiltered. Beat the boys during the NFL season, and before you know it, our master's pool will be here. Begin your search for a brand new fireplace at firesidehomesolutions.com. And the Woodenville office of Cross Country Mortgage When the nationally acclaimed cross-country wanted a new office in the Northwest, they not only snatched up Jordan Flowers, but his entire team. And there's a reason. If you're buying a home, a second home, an investment place, Jordan's team has the answers. Creative packages to save you money. 425-890-2957. This is going to be a fun one. Episode 226 begins right now. Unfiltered. As a guy who's in his 50s, who watched very, very clearly Michael Jordan night after night after night, playoff after playoff after playoff, and a guy who's watched LeBron James come in from Akron, Ohio, and watched him night for... Why can't I... Am I not allowed to have the opinion without... Because I'm anti-LeBron James's personality, which I am, by the way. Why can't... I just think that Michael Jordan was better. Unfiltered. You mark my words. Within three days of the conclusion of Super Bowl 57, the story will come out that Jalen Hurts is having surgery on his right shoulder. You mark my words on that. Mitch is unfiltered. Episode 226 is now officially underway, and I'll have you know, for those of you that listened to episode 225, where I was a meanie making fun of the hairdo, the Grizzly Adams look of Hotshot Scott. I prefer the Steve Bannon. Steve Bannon. Yes. You have returned to the show in episode 226 clean, clean as a whistle. Really? And you told me last week that your wife was a little pissy because she made an appointment for you and you kind of blew it off. I did blow it off, yeah. I I tried to, yeah, I blew it off. So does she turn around and make another one or does she wash her hands clean of it and say, okay, you're on your own, you do it. She washed her hands clean of it because I made it clear. Like when I'm ready for a haircut, I'll get a haircut. I am grown. Turns out I can make my own haircut appointments. I, I just... I just don't know if I can make it. I'm busy with work. Sometimes yeah. I have to go on on my days. Oh, who knows, right? Yeah. So it's Saturday, and I'm going out of town Friday. You, you people listening Monday. I'm going out of town Friday, and I'm oh. working Monday through Thursday. Oh, you're not on episode 227, right? That's right. Ooh. And I just I have no time. I have no time to get a haircut. And then Sunday's the Super Bowl. Piper has two games. I got to come to your house. There's just no scenario where I'm getting a haircut before Arizona that we're going to. And I can see the way she's looking at me. I mean, she effing hates it. Hated my hair. Oh, so did I. Hated it. Hated the part in the oh, middle. Terrible. You can see the scalp. It oh, looks straw. Yeah, it just she awful. Hated everything about it. Yeah, as well she should. And so she said, this is all I want for Valentine's Day. Just get your get hair Get your hair cut before Arizona. So it's like 4.30 on a Saturday. Where, where am I going to get a haircut? What, what am I going to do? 4.30 p.m.? A lot of places. Okay. I See, I don't know. I just She always does yeah. it for me. I don't know. So there's a Great Clips in my neighborhood. I go to Great Clips myself. 25 bucks? Well, I think Steel. it's 22. Oh. Where? I got to go there. This was 25. 25? What a deal. I think I paid 22. And the best part maybe about it. Maybe I get it, a senior citizen's rate. Yeah, maybe you do. 
55 and over. The best part about it is that the only words I said were, were uh, I, maybe a three on the side end looks good. That was our entire conversation. Yeah, you can She didn't say a word. Yeah, she's got nothing for you. Nothing. And just bzz, bzz, 15 minutes. Isn't that the way you want it? Of course. That's my dream. Yeah. <laughs> my wife's like, oh, you should go to Weldon Barber. <laughs> and I'm looking at the menu. It's a, a scalp massage and no, shampoo. Who no, needs it? No, That's a deterrent for me. That, that, that doesn't help me want to go there. See, now if you go back to Great Clips, yeah. the only thing they're going to ask you is, you want it like last time yeah. because they have it in the computer. Well, she pulled out little notes from like yeah. five years ago when yeah. I went there. She's just going to say, you want it like last time? And you're going to say yes. And that's going to be the end of the conversation oh, for the entire haircut. My dream. Yes. If, if I ever get a hit TV show and I, I'm hiring her to do hair and makeup for the whole cast because she didn't say a word and I love her. The only time that I speak up is I love when they shave the back of my neck. Oh, okay. So I I, I might say, hey, you sure you, you didn't miss a few? <laughs> God, difficult. Always difficult. And you know what she says? Yeah. What am I, an old producer? That's right. <laughs> Leave me alone. I'm not your producer. Super Bowl 57 is in the books. Yes. I have a couple questions for you at some point I'd like to get to. Go ahead. So multiple. I got nothing for you. The hold. We got to talk about the hold. The holding call. Well, that that's that was one of them. First does this game have an asterisk next to it for you? No, I don't think it does. Is that was one of your questions? That was one, one of them, questions? yeah. Oh. How, are you going to view this game differently because of the call? No, and I and I think it's because the more I watch the replay, and there's one particular angle of the replay that I like the most okay. that I don't think was shown a lot on TV where you can actually see the defender get a handful of the jersey and pull it. Yeah. You don't see that a lot on the replays that they showed. It was a different angle kind okay. of. And then there's the other part where he grabs him by the waist a little bit on the when they separate. I know this is going to piss a lot of people off, and yeah. it doesn't mean that I'm a meanie. I am not as outraged with the call as seemingly everybody else is. And let me first say, there are those that were pulling for the Eagles, and there are those that were pulling for the Chiefs, yeah. and there were those who had a lot of money on the Eagles, <laughs> and there was a lot of those that have a lot of money on the Chiefs. I fall in none of those categories. Yeah. All I wanted was, the only the only bets that I have was, were, were prop bets. So really with no true skin in the game, yeah. The more I watch the play, the less outraged I am that the call was made. At the time of the call and the replays that Fox showed, mm -hmm. I was a little agitated that the officials would stick their nose in there and get in the way. Yeah. But more I watch this other angle, more I consider the consequences of the action, I still think I, I fall on the side that I wish that they had not called it. But when you watch the replay that I've got in a loop going in front of me right now as I speak to you, okay. I would then, after you watch this, ask you, if he doesn't grab his jersey and grab him a little bit by the waist, is that receiver not wide open for a touchdown? Right. For an easy toss and catch touchdown. Yep. And if your answer is, no, I don't think he's still open, that's fine. If your answer is, yes, he's probably going to be wide open if it weren't for those two little holds. Yeah then don't you have to make the call? If the guy's going to be wide open for an easy touchdown? Yeah. I still, as I sit here after the game, wish they hadn't called it, but I'm not as outraged as the world is. How about you? Okay, so no asterisk by this no, game. No, definitely yeah. not. Typically, when you see a quarterback overthrow somebody that by that much, not always, but Mahomes has probably thrown that 500 times. He knows where that receiver's supposed to be. Correct. And when he, oh, when he misses him by that much... 
Either he's, he's throwing it away. Which he wasn't. Correct. It landed in the end zone. Or something happened <laughs> to right. not allow the receiver yeah. to be in the picture it's a, at the It's time. a timing route. Yes. He knows where the receiver is yes. supposed to be, and there was probably yes. a little bit of a hold there. How do you think the refs did the whole game, though? Did so you, are you saying that you, you're glad they made the call? Again, I don't know if I'm glad, but I'm not as outraged as most people are. I, I could see them making that call. I mean, you can't grab a guy's jersey. You just can't do well, that. Well, we are in the vast minority. Unless something changes between now and the time that we release this show yeah. on Monday morning, we are in the vast minority. The world is upset about mm. that call. Yeah. And by the world, yeah. you mean Eagles fans? No, I mean the world. Really? People are outraged? Every, every non-Chiefs fan is pissed about that call. So any objective person, any person that didn't have skin in the game yeah. is pissed about that call. Two know. Lombardis for Andy Reid. Yes. Where do you Great guy, by the way. Spoken to him a few times. Great guy. Let's say he retired Great last guy. year. Hall of Famer before this season. Let's say let's say he quits after the 2021-22 season. I don't have his portfolio in front of me. Did he yeah. go as a as the Eagles coach? He went to the Super Bowl with the Eagles. And but so after only last year, he will have gone three times and won one? Yeah. Yeah, probably. Now that he has two. Oh, right away. Right. I mean, right away. How many coaches have won more than one? I mean, it can't be a huge list, no, right? No, it's not. No, right away. He's an absolute okay. certified gold member of the Hall of Fame now, if he wasn't already before. I view Mike Holmgren as a Hall of Famer. And it's mostly because, A, I like Mike. Yeah. And, B, I compare Mike's, Mike's resume to a bunch of the coaches that are in the Hall of Fame. And it compares very favorably to those. Mm. I almost think that Mike should have gotten in before three or four or five of those guys that have recently gotten in. Okay. So if I think Mike should get in. Yeah, right. <laughs> Winning two, it's... And you know, you know his, his idol, Andy Reid's idol was Mike Holmgren. Oh, oh West oh. Coast offense. That's oh, right. yeah, love, yeah, love yeah. Mike Holmgren. They have a great relationship. God, oh, yeah. I bet those guys could tear some food up together. I want to go eating and drinking with them. Let's go. Those two big boys together. Boy, that would be fun. So those are your two questions. <laughs> yeah, I mean, where do, you, where do you put it? Does this change how you look at Andy Reid? Because it no, does. Oh, it no, doesn't. I, I, not real. I mean... Not really. So he was kind of a Hall of Famer anyway. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think so. I mean, how I about so. going to the the team that fired you and winning it against them? I yeah, I, I loved everything about not, that. He's not that type of guy, though, that gets all riled up right. about that. He's probably not. He's yeah. super low-key. Super low-key. What, what I'd like to know a little bit more about is the ankle. And what exactly happened at halftime <laughs> with the ankle? Yeah. And what exactly happened at halftime with the offensive play calling and adjustments that the Chiefs made. You know the Chiefs scored on every possession in the second half? 24 points, right? They had they went to the they went to the half. Their quarterback could hardly walk right. when he went to the half. He looked pissed off. They're, he looked pissed off. Yep. They're down 10 yep. and Mitch is tweeting is the game over. Yeah. It certainly feels like the game's over at halftime because the 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 quarterback doesn't look like he can even has any chance of getting him through the second half, let alone let alone bringing him back. And, and when he was healthy, the Eagles looked like the better team. So, what? I mean, pretty much. They were pretty much in control he, of that he, first half. He wasn't in the game a lot because yeah, right. of the, the fumble recovery for a touchdown ended one Eagles drive, and then the Eagles got it again after the return for a touchdown, and they went all the way down the field in a long drive again. So there was like an hour where the Chiefs weren't <laughs> right. even on the yeah, field. That's true. Time of possession. But yeah. then the second half happens, and they get the ball at the beginning of the second half. And he goes from, now, it was about 40 minutes of a halftime show from Rihanna, which I want to hear from you on that. Yeah. He goes from a guy who can hardly walk to the locker room. On that first drive of the third quarter, he looked like he had no problems. Yeah. 
He even ran on that one play that you commented about. Down near the goal line. The 12-yard run. The the one that you said if the Chiefs win, they're going to remember this. You you said that on your tweet, right? Big time. Big time play. He ran on that drive. He threw on that drive. He got hit on that drive. He looked like he was never in any kind of pain in the first half. So they shoot him up. What happens at halftime that all of a sudden this guy comes out of the second half and he looks like he has no issues with the ankle at all, not even hobbled at all. How did that happen? It's like the guy in Federal Way not really wanting to meet you because it might ruin what he thinks of you. You probably don't want to know what goes on in that locker room at halftime. I'm sure there's some, yes, there's some painkillers going on and cortisone or whatever it takes to get him back out there. Because, yeah, he looked. And then he had that enormous run up the middle of the field, too. Yes. So, yeah, I mean, they're definitely, uh, the hats off to the training staff. They got him up and running because it looked like it was over at halftime. But he has to agree to want to do all that, right, at halftime? Well, you can't force someone to, yes, take an injection, I'm guessing. Yes. Right, he has to agree to it. It's a Super Bowl. You got to do whatever you got to do, right? Give me some painkillers. Let's, let's what's do this. The, what's the pitfall? What's the problem with it? Who says there's what's a the problem? Su- well, it seems like it's taboo and you don't really, you just told me, I, you don't really want to oh. know what happened <laughs> in there. Know. You don't want to yeah. find out what he took and what they injected him with. What's the issue? I don't know. Maybe there's maybe it's it's looked at as you know sort of an unfair enhancement. If you're really, I I don't know. I'm just kind of guessing as to why people might think it's not fair. I mean, taking Advil is one thing. Taking a shot of cortisone is another thing. But yeah, you're right. There maybe there shouldn't be a taboo to it. Look, the guy's in pain. We gave, we gave him a painkiller, and he, he said, "Give it played. to me." He said, "Cut me, Mick." Yeah, that's right. No, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna cut you, Rob. <laughs> cut me, Mick. By the way, when I saw Pacheco, were you thinking of Ferdy Pacheco no. the whole time? <laughs> well, I know Pacheco. I don't, that's all I could oh, think about was the gosh. cut doctor. <laughs> I mean, that's one thing. Cutting Rocky Balboa in the corner yeah. to relieve the swelling. Just cutting, just taking a razor blade. and oh. remember, remember the blood spurting when he cut him in the, sure. in the first fight? Yeah. I mean, that's one thing that I may not want to know about. But yeah. a shot, an injection? What's the big deal? Yeah, thing? I'm sure it's fine. Uh, yeah, you know, the doctor's doing what they got to do to get their players back out on the field. Terrific Pretty- game. Terrific game. Terrific Great. ending. 38-35. Sorry about the holding call. I don't know. I'm, I'm sure the world doesn't want that to be called, doesn't want the officials to inject themselves. I get it, but yep. it was made, and the Chiefs are Super Bowl champs. Rihanna, what do I need to know about Rihanna? Big-time heavyweight. See, I don't act. really know. She's, she's well, here, so. I, I need a Rihanna lesson. Multiple, like Rihanna 101. Somehow. Multiple number one hits, like a big-time. A lot of people have multiple no, number one I wouldn't one say hits. a lot of people. A lot of people have Wait, multiple number ones on yeah. the U.S. Billboard Hot 200. Yeah. Could you not list 20? Could you yourself well, not me. list 25 people, 50 people, 50 groups? But in the last been... 15, 20 years, I mean, that's, okay. you know, she's, I'm telling you, she's a heavyweight what's recording artist. Boy, what's the thing? And it, when it, before it kicked off, I'm like, it, am, am I the only one not really excited for this? And by the way, I probably like her music more than most people my age. You do. Is. Well, we used to play it all the time, and I was on Seattle's number one hit music station, right? Oh, okay. I love Rihanna. Okay, I like okay. a lot of her songs. Yeah, Diamonds in the Sky. That's a good one. I like that one. Um, Umbrella was good to hear. Yeah, Ella, yeah, Ella, yeah, love that song. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was kind of underwhelming, the performance. Now, again, she was pregnant, fine, but I thought the whole thing was just underwhelming. Really? It, re- it was a bunch of people dancing in white hazmat suits and her walking around lip syncing. I don't know. Was anyone, blo- anyone blown away by it? What was the appeal of the show? In other words, there seemed to be a huge buildup of this. It's like crazy. my wife says to me, she hasn't been on stage in nine years. Is that right? Has she like retired? Did she come out of retirement for this? Mm, I don't know if that's true. Maybe. She like Sugar Ray Leonard. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Retired well, with a bad retina. I think she had a came kid. Back. I think she had a kid. Yeah. So she took some time off. And 
I don't think she's had a new album for a while. So yeah, that, that, it almost that felt true. like she's royalty on some level. Like she's she transcends a person with a lot of great songs. She's she does. Like, she does. She is kind of. She's, what am I missing? What she's I, like the Beyonce. She's like in, not quite Beyonce, but yeah, in that kind of Taylor really, Swift. Really huge, just a huge star. Yeah. Tons of tons now, of hits. Was she buckled in when she was up there? She didn't look like she was buckled in on that platform. I remember thinking the people that rigged these platforms, they must have been sweating bullets the entire performance to make sure they did it correctly, right? You have Rihanna up there, and then she's with child. Are you telling me Is you're she pregnant? Well, she kind of unzipped to show a little baby bump. Oh. I don't know if he's paying See, attention I, or not. No, I was paying attention. I even asked my wife, is she <laughs> pregnant? She kind of looks pregnant. I don't know that I... Uh, yeah. So I think she was showing us she's with her second. Yeah. So that'll be another nine years of her not being on stage or giving right. an album probably. Right. But, but do we know the husband? Yes, we do. Is he a popular guy? Yeah. Uh, his name's escaping me. Is but, he like a rapper? Yeah, I think so. Um, she had to go that route. I can't remember. Really? His, can't remember his name. Do they all have to? Do all rappers and musicians have to marry one famous another? Famous and famous, you got to do it. God. Yeah. So I was. I mean, I like her. I a lot. like the fact I, that I just, Julia Roberts married a lighting guy. But how Danny long? Danny or whatever. That didn't last more than two seconds. They're still married. Come on, no, they're yes, not. They are. Yes, they are. Are they really? Yes. yes. Really? He's the love of her life. She married a lighting guy. And Lyle Lovett, by the way. Oh, yeah, that was a long time Woo. ago. Yeah. But they have to go Why famous. Why couldn't Rihanna <laughs> married like a... No, it's not going to happen. A sound guy. <laughs> I mean, I was just... Those platforms were pretty cool, but I don't know. I just wasn't feeling it. Okay. I but just was she hooked was in weak. or not? She did not she look did like not she... did not look hooked in. No, how could she agree to that? And if those things start swaying... What like if she just loses her balance? Of course, and slips. A guy like me, I could never stand on one I'd, of those I'd things. get vertigo. I mean, Jesus. I'm up so high, like yeah. Terrible. That 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 part's impressive, but I don't know. Like I, I think last year's per performance was so much in my wheelhouse. I loved it so Remind much. Remind me what it was. It was Dr. Dre and Snoop and Ice Cube. I mean, that was that couldn't have been in Mary J. Blige. I think couldn't have been more in my wheelhouse. So this one, even though I love Rihanna, I just I don't know. It didn't it didn't like when it was over. I was like, okay, I guess that's it, huh? Like there was no set. Yeah. There was no special guest. Like maybe Madonna. There was a special guest. It was in her tummy. <laughs> That's right. Madonna's gonna come out, or Britney, or somebody. Like let's let's woo the crowd. Why, why do you need a special guest if she's such royalty? You don't she need should be able one, to handle the whole thing on herself. Yeah, what does she need people to come help her it's, with? It's so much cooler when someone comes out that you don't expect. How, we know how do Rihanna's you feel, Hotshot? How do you feel? On, and this is an honest question. Okay. How do you feel if you're nearly eighty year old Barry Manilow walking the streets <laughs> saying, "I still haven't been invited to to to, to perform." Look at the year after year he watches these Fakakta halftime shows yeah. and he has to he has to come to grips, come to peace with the fact that they're not even going to ask him. How do you feel if you're Barry? Well, he can't go 12 minutes without having to go number one. So he can't. It's too long of a show. He, he's going to need bathroom breaks. It's a whole thing. All right. Any commercials that you want to cite while we're doing episode 226? Oh. Or do you want to leave that to everybody else? There was a lot that I liked. I don't know if any I thought were incredible. No, I, thought, I, I, I I'm exactly the same way. There was yeah. there were like five or six that were like that's good. Yeah, but it was there weren't there wasn't one or two that I was like, whoa, that's one of the best ones I've ever seen. It seems like the trend now is to nostalgia for people our age. Like I, I don't know, like um, like Breaking Bad, the Breaking Bad one. You didn't watch it. No. I loved it because yeah. I love Breaking Bad and I haven't seen those guys together. And you know, it's always like John Travolta. I how, love John Travolta. How much does T-Mobile have to pay John Travolta to do a parody of his Grease song right. 
for a T-Mobile commercial on the Super Bowl. How much? And he knows that they're now going to pay $7 million to run it every 30 seconds. <laughs> right. I know. Okay. Crazy. Talk about having somebody by the balls. You want John Travolta to sing his Grease song right. with your words, your stupid lyrics of T-Mobile. Do they pay him $10 million, $20 million, 50? What's the price? There's got to be a number. What's the number? Getting him to do that is up there with getting Tom Hanks to do his Forrest Gump impression, right? He's just something that would, or like De Niro going, are you talking to me? You know, like things that you just, or Macaulay Culkin. Iconic things. Yes, that, that they just hate, that they'll never do. I, I, it's got to be astronomical. And, the, and, but, it's, and, it's, it, and it's a parody. It's not even the actual right. song. It's a parody. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I just kept thinking about an Olivia Newton-John. I mean, that she passed away yeah. this summer. Yeah. I mean, they probably they probably wanted her when they thought of the idea. God. How much do you have to pay Ben Affleck? Yeah, I know. <laughs> to be in a Dunkin' Donuts drive-through teller, and then Jennifer yeah. Lopez. I was gonna say you're paying double. Pay, how much you pay, pay the family? <laughs> right, you're paying double for that one. Honest to God, I know. I'm like, I'm Is being serious. It? Is it worth it? Somebody's got to tell me the answer. It's got to be written somewhere. We Somebody has a, to know. We need like an advertising exec or like someone to come on and tell us if how it's worth much it. do you have to pay Bradley Cooper? I know, like an eight-time Academy Award nominee, <laughs> right. to, to, to have a commercial with his mom. T-Mobile paid Bradley Cooper to do that with his mom, and then John Travolta to say, how much money do they have? Right. T-Mobile. I'm going to Factory. I'm knocking some. I'm knocking some <laughs> windows down. Okay. Go I'm knocking out. some doors down. Yeah. What the hell's going on around here? I mean, pay me a couple of bucks. I'll sing it for you. No question. I'll be right next to you. By the way, how about Stallone? I mean, he can't be cheap. Yes. Well, that was Paramount. Right. Know? But I mean, they had to well, pay for him. Money. He doesn't do it for free. Yeah. I've. Yeah. I know. It's yeah. crazy. I, I mean, I liked all those. I liked the Ben Affleck thing. That was pretty funny. When uh, Jennifer Lopez yeah, came good. through, that was funny. Talking babies, E-Trade. I mean, it, it's low-hanging fruit. Yeah. Who's going to say they don't like the talking babies? And then you had Caddyshack from Michelob. Did you like the Caddyshack? I like the right? Caddyshack one, yeah. I like to see the the original Caddy that we had on the show, right? You had that, that guy on. Yeah, right? he yeah. was actually on the uh, the commercial. Yeah, I like the rock star. You had Tony Romo playing Bill Murray's part. Yeah, yeah. And then you had the guy from Succession playing Yes. Uh, uh, Ted Knight's Brian part. Brian Cox is his name, yes. Yeah, he was playing that. So they had that, that was that good. Was another one that must have spent a lot of money in getting these guys to, to do it. The I thing, the, the, one of the ones that stands in my mind was a, a, a no-name actor, no offense, but was Binky Dad in the Kia? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Daniel you don't have Neal to pay... Twenty-five million for an actor. Just no. have a cool idea. Idea. That's sure. right. I thought that was sure. really good. Yeah, it was clever. We've all been parents. It's, a, it's the end of the world when you forget their blankie or their one thing they love, and so we can all kind of relate to that. That's I don't good. understand the whole P Diddy thing. The Uber one with P Diddy. Oh, the jingles. Yeah. Another guy who's considered royalty. I think kind of like in the yeah, Rihanna thing. Yeah. yeah. I guess I got to understand the the aura that is P Diddy. Right. He does have somebody that it. holds an umbrella for him when he walks around. So he is that guy. Really? Oh, sure. He's got an umbrella guy. You don't know that? No. Yeah, he's got an umbrella guy. I need guy. an umbrella guy. By the way, did you understand that the Remy Martin, Serena Williams commercial early on? Well, there were a couple Serena what? Williams. She was in the Caddyshack one, wasn't she? She was in something else, too. But the, the yeah, Remy Martin one about teamwork and their yeah. chefs. My wife asked, like, what does that have to do? I don't know. That was weird. She thought it was weird. For a cognac? Yeah. Trying to motivate me? I don't know. That, <laughs> that one was just lost on me. I, by the way, I, I did like the Bud Light commercial with that awful hold music I've heard a hundred times. Oh, where they're dancing. They made it into a cool yeah. song. Yeah. We, if anyone's ever been on hold, it's the same. How about paying music. tribute to Canada? Did you like, uh, was yeah, that Dave Grohl? Who's that? Dave, Dave Grohl. Grohl, yeah. Is he a Canadian? I don't know. Must be a Canadian. No, he's from Virginia. 
He was paying tribute to all the things that came from Canada, including, right. including the whoopee cushion. For Canadian, for uh, Crown Royal, for, is that what it's for? For some some liquor. Yeah, yeah. Know. I think it was yeah, Crown Royal. Yeah, yeah and I, I like the, the the rock star with Paul Stanley, Billy Idol, and Ozzy Osbourne. That made me laugh. Like, yeah, that, that one I've seen before. That oh, was, you had? Yeah, that wasn't just a Super Bowl ad, yeah. And Mr. Yeah. Peanut Roast was a clever idea. Yeah, well, you like a good roast. Well, yeah, but I mean... You've always liked But roasted roast. peanuts is something I've seen my whole life. I've never done that math. That was kind of cute. Yeah. Good to see Jeff Ross... For, get another like check for roast stuff. Yes. I mean, God, you have to get him. That's all he ever does. Was there any sweet ones or sentimental ones that you liked? Uh, I kind of went through the ones that I liked. Yeah? Yeah. I, I liked the Bradley Cooper and his mom. That was cute. That yeah. that felt like mostly outtakes, didn't it? it I mean, felt, it felt legit. Maybe it wasn't. I love the real. line when he said, I, I've been nominated nine times. Yeah. And she was like, but you haven't won anything. <laughs> right. It's such a mom thing to say, right? Moms can that. bring you down to earth in two seconds. Absolutely love that. The, I, I did like the uh, post-pandemic dog one. I mean, oh, yeah. think yeah, about yeah. during the quarantine. Our dogs yeah. have never been happier, right? Yeah. And then one day we all just go away again. Yeah. That was a pretty I think sweet that was my one. wife's favorite one. Yeah, and then they got the other dog. When yeah. you, th you think they're going to give them away or put them in a kennel. <laughs> yeah, not good. Yeah, not good. That one was sweet. <laughs> yeah. And then Sarah McLaughlin kind of being self-aware. Right. That I thought that was pretty funny because she's she does those, oh, those. I'm proud of you. You, you really did your homework on these uh, commercials. Well, you know, that's what I do. I'm very prepared for the show. <laughs> By the way, how many shows is Gordon Ramsay going to have before he before I don't he even know Earth? Gordon Ramsay oh, is. Oh, shit, this guy. I don't know. Look at his he IMDb. Is. He must have had 400 shows. I have no he just, idea. I actually love Gordon Ramsay. Is, is he a cook? Cook. He's a chef. Chef, yes, yeah. He's a, yeah, he's a, he's a short order Make cook Make bagels and cream cheese or something. <laughs> That's right, yeah. I love Gordon, but my God, he's like the most hireable he man ever. He was after the game, wasn't he? Uh, I think he was, yeah. 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 Good. By the way, Paul McCartney. Good to see him have some some gray finally going on. The jet black. The color of this microphone screen was his hair forever at seventy five. I'm happy to see a little gray come through. Good for you, Paul. God, first gray of his life. Oh my God, it took uh, forever. Yeah. Uh, and the, the other dog commercial was touching. The one where she had it as a kid, and then she was married, and then yes, all the her life kind of flashed in front of her. All the things that happened with the dog, yeah, the baby. Yeah, I don't know that that math works out though, unless it's the world's oldest dog. Yeah, but the dog was a little gray. Had Paul McCartney's yeah, gray hair. He definitely had the gray going on. <laughs> yeah. They they tried. It's very but. sweet. Anyway, I, very sweet. I thought they were okay. Nothing nothing yeah. killed me. Well, it's been a lot of years since we were really moved by the commercials. I feel like every year we come out of the Super Bowl saying the same thing about the commercials, which are, ah, yeah, there's some good ones, but yeah, yeah, we're never blown away anymore. Yeah, I, I, I think that's that's been 15 years since anybody was blown away by a commercial for the Super Bowl because everybody's done everything. Yeah, and I, I think we sort of run our course on the the nostalgia part of it, like oh, the guys from Breaking Bad again, you know, the, uh, Clueless, another one that you, yeah the, saw, it, yeah. I think it was the original Alicia Silverstone, Silverstone, yeah, 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 yeah from yeah. Clueless, yeah, and yeah, uh, even on the Stallone one, you probably didn't watch Reno 911, no, but Dangle was on there from Reno 911 no. and. So, yeah, I'm curious to see what the next sort of trend is for commercials. We've run our course on the nostalgia. Well, the Chiefs are Super Bowl champs. We've got three interviews. You're going to love Roma Dunze, I promise. Can't You're wait. going to love Roma Dunze. We've got three interviews, and then we'll come back for the other stuff segment with uh, Mitch and Hotshot Scott on episode 226. Hey, look who's back on Mitch Unfiltered. It's Katie Versio, the director of financial planning at Evergreen. Golf call happy new year, Katie. I know what 2022 was like for all of us investors out there. Not good. 
How about for you guys at Evergreen Golf Call? Yes. Well, thanks for having me, Mitch, back on the podcast. As we've talked about many times, 2022 is a very challenging year for the markets where for the last 10 years or so, we haven't had a lot of volatility. And at the end of the year, the market ended down about 18% and bonds ended down about 13%. So it's been a tough environment for investors. Basically, every asset class was down, but it was a really good year for Evergreen. I would say there was still a lot of volatility in our portfolios, but we find a lot of opportunity during these turbulent times. We manage our portfolios very actively, and this was a real shakeup of a year where we were able to find a lot of clients that may have been managing portfolios on their own, and now we're realizing, hey, this is more complicated than I thought, and I really want to make sure that I'm holding up well for for my own goals here. For those listeners out there that don't have a plan, an investment or a financial plan or haven't reviewed it in a long time or just have questions of if you're on track, now is a great time to learn more about our services. So what would be the best way to contact you for our listeners? Do it through the website? Yes. So if you go to our website, www.evergreengk.com, you can learn more about our services on the website. And there's also a client compatibility service that you can take that will then have one of our advisors contact you. Very good to know. And for all of us who need help, and most of us do, with our investment needs, Katie Versio and Evergreen Golf Call are there for you. Evergreengk.com, a terrific partner of Mitch Unfiltered. Unfiltered. goes under center. Little end around. A Dunze going in. Touchdown. Another wrinkle from Ryan Grubb. Penix looks to the end zone. And it's caught. Oh, Dunze. Spectacular catch. Penix wants it all. To the end zone for the touchdown. Oh, Dunze the score. Extra people coming for Arizona. But the Huskies pick it up. And there's the shot to a Dunze. Our next guest shocked a lot of people last month, including me, when he decided to return to the University of Washington for another season of unfinished business. The NFL can wait, he says. Sundays can wait. 75 catches, 1,100 yards. Lord only knows what's coming next for the ultra-talented Rome Adunze, and he's with us here. How are you, Rome? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. It's it's great to have you on. Now, listen, if I'm really nice and kind to you during this interview, will you whisper the SEC school that ignored you on your visit with your buddy in high school at the very end of the interview, or won't you do that? <laughs> <laughs> man, I don't know about all that. They, they seem to be having some troubles already, man, so... Uh. <laughs> Maybe that's a hit, a hit in itself. Oh, um, did it really happen? So you got to tell the story. So you go with one of your teammates, is that right? One of your buddies down to an SEC school, and they give you the cold. They give Roma Dunze the cold shoulder. Is that right? Yeah, I mean my my recruitment process was a little crazy. I mean I came on the scene a little late. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. And um, my my friend also happened to be the the number one tight end in the nation. So oh. <laughs> you know all hats off to him. But um, 
but yeah, there was definitely a little bit of a film that, that they, they wasn't really, uh, you know, looking, looking for me and that's all right. Shoot. They, they were, they were recruited, recruited different, a bunch of different players, but, but, but yeah, that was my experience. <laughs> you wouldn't mind seeing them in a bowl game somewhere down the line, would you? Rome? Oh, definitely not. Yeah. No, that'd be a good time. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we've got a lot of ground to cover, but I want to start with the most important stuff. Are you sitting down? Are you ready for this? Oh, yeah, I'm ready. Yeah, I'm prepared. All right, best catch of the Rome Adunze era so far. I was going to ask best catch by number one, but I think my vote is a one-handed grab where you weren't even wearing number one a couple of years ago in the Apple <laughs> Cup. I need – give me the top three. Give me Rome's top three catches so far. Sure, yeah. I'll probably put – I'll probably in, – in no order, I'll probably put um my first catch against UCLA, my first touchdown uh, against UCLA. You know, that one was just special, just being having my mom and my pops there, seeing, seeing some, some progress and, and the hard work come to fruition, getting that zone is a feeling like no other. So got to put that in there. Definitely got to put that um, that one-handed catch in there. Uh, that was a special moment. Um, it was a crazy, crazy game and a crazy times. And, and it all, you know, always humbles me that regardless of, you know, what, what, what's going on around me, that I, I got to, you know, elevate and make sure I'm playing my best and putting my best effort out there. Because, you know, you never know what can happen. And moments like that can happen where, you know, electrifies people and something you can always look back on. Three, shoot. I, I would probably say maybe my juggling catch this year. Personally, after the film, I was like, "Man, that was that was terrible." Like, I gotta, I gotta, you know, catch that on the first try. Like, I don't want to put that on film. But everybody was like, "Oh, the circus catch!" Like, yeah, yeah, let's let's call it that. But, That's so funny, Rome. <laughs> I actually had it yeah. on my list, and I said I was gonna say to you, "I'll read to you my notes." I said, "The juggling one, <laughs> the juggling one against Arizona doesn't really count because you were supposed to catch it the first time around, right?" <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> All right. Since you declared you were coming back, what, in uh, early January, what's it been like? Right. I, I know if it was me, I'm just me, though, I'd be like going back and forth wondering if I did the right thing. Did I do the right thing? Do you have any days like where you're watching senior bowl coverage or mock drafts or wide receiver lists for the NFL Will you start to wonder whether you made the right decision, Rome? You know, I really, I really haven't. It's up to this point. Um, I, you know, I have my back and forth with my process where I was really, you know, considering both options. But for me, I feel like, you know, I'm the type of person once I pick one, like I'm gonna just go full steam ahead with it because you know, there's no point in um, for me uh, trying to look back and and see what what. what could have been because you know I'll have my opportunity again and I need to focus on this year to get there anyway so I'm comfortable with it I think for sure when you know the combine is going around I'm seeing you know where some of the wide receivers are getting drafted I'll be like Ooh, I wonder you know yeah. where I would have been you know, you know place like that or how my times would have stacked up against these guys but it'll be just for fun I know that um you know I'm glad to be back and, and I'm full steam ahead with, with this decision so so you you talk about the process Go back to December leading up to the bowl game. There were a lot of things that you and your family had to consider. This was a huge decision for you. Like, which of my teammates are coming back? What kind of team will we have if I come back? What kind of NIL opportunities do I have if I return? What does the NFL say about where I fit in right now? And I think our audience, Rome, and your fans would be interested to know how do you find out about your draft potential, your grade, 
And what did you find out? What specifically do you have to improve upon in terms of next year's NFL draft? Yeah, I think what, you know, people would find interesting is that it's really so ambiguous, like how to find this information. Like players don't really talk directly to scouts and, you know, um, a lot of this information is different from scout to scout because scout players differently throughout the year. So, you know, one scout, scout, maybe you have you here in the draft, one scout, maybe you have you there, your coaches think you're going here. And then the, the, the CAC, which is an organization that gives uh, players grades from college and, you know, it's all over the place. So you have to try and piece together this puzzle of where you, where you're going to end up. And it's, you know, a little frustrating, to, uh, honestly, but it's definitely an exciting process as well, where, you know, you're trying to get all this information and put it together. So for me personally, talked to several scouts, I really couldn't pinpoint, you know, where I w- 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 was going to go. Um, but I always had it in my head, in my dream that, you know, I was going to be a first round traffic and, and that's not where I was projected. Um, but I felt like I had the potential to get there, um, especially through this program and, and, and through all my teammates coming back and, you know, having that culture. So, a process that is, is a very frustrating yeah. um, as you're trying to gather all this information. So that ambiguity and that frustration, was that part of the reason that you uh, were led back for another year at Washington? Definitely, definitely. You know, like, um, you know, I, I've only had one one season above a thousand yards. I know I came up, came on kind of the scene late in college football, just like my high school career, the great year in my junior year. So for me, it was like, OK, that a- ambiguity is people not really knowing my game and my play. Um, I definitely think that, you know, there's a West Coast bias. You know, some of our games are played at 730, start at 730. You know, those scouts on, on the East Coast and all over there are, are watching at 1030, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. how, how do you judge a player's performance, you know, when you're, when you're, when your day's nearly ending, you're tired, you're not really paying attention, you know, one, just me coming on the scene late. Uh, I don't think a lot of scouts had me on their radar already, you know, going into this season, thankfully I'll, I'll, I'll hopefully be on a, a lot of scouts radars, you know, scouts coming to practice and, and they'll be able to watch my game right. more, uh, right. more critically and, uh, you know, see, see what I got. So let me ask you a tough question. If you could snap your fingers and change one thing about your repertoire as a wide receiver, improve one thing, snap your fingers. And one year from now, you're doing, you're doing much better in that one area than maybe you're doing now. What would it be? Oh, that's a good one. I would probably say my, my acceleration, I think, I've struggled with some knick-knack injuries during during all my seasons of football and haven't been able to go in to a season fully showing what, I, what I've got with my, with my speed and, and acceleration. But um, I definitely think I have that long that long speed and, and speed to get over the top. But I want to be able to catch a ball and, you know, yes, burst. Like burst and no, notice that you know, I'm yeah. getting away from defenders and yeah. I think some injuries have kind of kept me from getting there. So if I could do that, I, I would have that, that Tyreek, that Tyreek burst where you're yeah. like, Ooh, yeah. Oh yeah. He's moving. So. Yeah. 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 Uh, are you a student of the other wide receivers? Is the wide receiver class better next year or worse? Or don't you know, do you follow the other receivers around college football? I do. I do. I have been uh, looking at it, especially since I was you know, thinking about going to the draft, looking at um, wide receivers and where they were going. Um, I think, Honestly, you know, both both classes have great receivers. Um, I think the numbers are saying that this class that's getting drafted this year will be a little bit weaker next year because there's a lot of cats in this next class who are a bunch of dogs and a bunch of great players. But, I mean, both classes have have great players, honestly. This class has a little bit more sleepers, honestly, and that's why people say that. But, you know, I've gone in, I've, I've watched the film, and 
man, there's, there's a lot of talent, which I think a lot of people seen in the senior bowl too. There's a lot of uh, wide receivers in the senior bowl who like, people are like, Ooh, I didn't know he had that, which, you know, always happens. So definitely ball, ball players in, in, in each yeah. one. So I'm glad to be able to be competing against these awesome athletes, honestly. Rome. So the whole NIL thing has changed the sport forever. Montlake futures have gotten you guys opportunities to make a few dollars, which is great. You've said all along that if this was about money, you would have gone to the league. That's what you've said. Does, yeah. th- does that mean that if this were 10 years ago and there were no NIL dollars, no chance to pocket a few bucks by coming back, that you still would have come back to Washington? Yeah, you know, that's an interesting question. I think so. I think uh, it, it's hard to look back and see the, the climate of it, um, especially with everything that was considered shoot. But I, I think so. I think my, you know, myself would recognize that, you know, um, regardless of the NIL opportunities, um, yeah. where, where I'm going to make my bang for my buck is going to be the NFL. And I want to enter, you know, that, that league at my trajectory that I, I believe I can enter at and, you know, allows me to be, be more comfortable financially. So I do think that, I do think that, you know, being able to come back, um, Shoot, I don't know who's playing ten years ago or what the situation <laughs> was, but but oh oh yeah, I mean, shoot, you that was it. I don't know if we were doing to twenty thirteen. We were just you, you know coming out of a slump, I believe. Uh, well, I'm not talking. I'm not. Bit. I'm just talking about if there were no dollars, <laughs> no nil dollars, whether you would have still. Yeah, no, yeah. I got you. <laughs> you got me literally, yeah. man. Not a lot of guests are taking me so literally. When the U- <laughs> when the UW made the coaching change, you've talked about your meeting with Coach DeBoer. How close before that do you think you were to leaving? And here's the here's the one I want to know. Where would you have gone had you left Washington when they made the coaching change? Um, you know, I was still considering everything. I think that I, I knew for a fact that I was gonna, you know, have to talk uh, have some discussions with the coaches to be able to, you know, move forward with my decision and, and know where I was going to go. So I really wasn't thinking of anywhere up until, you know, talking to Coach DeBoer or, right. or had anywhere specific that I, I was thinking about going before or a decision made before I talked to all the coaches just because I knew that was going to be important. And the offensive mind that they, they have, I wanted to, you know, be able to pick their brains a little bit and see, you know, exactly what they had to the table. And after that, I mean, after those discussions, it, it made it mean you know me even more clearly that I needed to stay. Just you know, with the, with their arsenal, I don't know if I had any schools in particular that I was really looking at. Honestly, I never um, entered the portal, so I, I didn't. I couldn't get in contact with anybody. I thought you might say those dirty, those dirty letters USC. I was hoping you weren't going to say those. <laughs> d- <laughs> yeah, yeah, nah, 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 not them, not them. <laughs> because I know you like Lincoln Riley. So um, I've talked a lot about on the show how crazy. Now, this should, I don't want you to take this as an insult or any of your wide receiver friends to take this as an insult because you guys are great. And there's no question about it. But I've talked a okay. lot about on the show how crazy wide open you guys are more times than not. It's amazing how this scheme, and I don't know, our listeners are just fans and they watch the games and they see you guys wide open catching balls from Penix and thinking, oh my God, look at how wide open it is. Now, part of the reason is you're great wide receivers, but the other part of the reason is the scheme. Is it complicated? Can you tell kind of the novice UW fan that watches on TV? What's it all about? What's the secret sauce? Why, how, how does he get you guys in wide open spaces all the time? Man, it's definitely it's definitely a sauce. Definitely something that 
um, it's hard to, you know, comprehend on a surface level, but it's something that they, they have built in piece by piece for, for so many years that they've created a system in which where, you know, it, it's, it's easier for people to, uh, for players, you know, to understand and, and to get it. But I would say it's mostly, you know, understanding their, their, their key elements through concepts, different route, route concepts. And then basically we have three concepts that we like to run. Um, and then off of those three concepts, we like to switch it up through different uh, ways of running it, different motions, different, you know, things like that. And um, that allows us to give defenses different looks and, and uh, you know, get us open like, like they do. So it's really kind of like a tree of, of uh, off of these, you know, certain concepts and a little trickery here and there just to yeah. keep people on their toes. Balance, um, yeah. But it's it's definitely dynamic and definitely changing and switching all the time to make it a little bit difficult for anybody to understand really. <laughs> was, was it was it complicated to learn? It was a challenge I believe uh, that you know coming in and having to learn a new whole new offense with you know different terminology really you know as you get older in the game you realize that you know people are running the same things you know just in different ways and with their own terminology so you know I was at a point where I was starting to figure that out so they explain it so well and you know we go over the offense so much that you know that continuous repetition of looking over it made it made it easier for sure yeah. you know having that dedication of everybody trying to learn it and, and get to know it. especially you know mike already have been in the offense our quarterback being able to teach us things like that so it was a challenge but you know something that you know came came to us pretty quickly how uh, closely were you watching the the ryan grubb story uh how would you have felt if your offensive coordinator had left and gone somewhere else, Rome? I think it, it, I was definitely watching a little bit. I know, I mean, I remember we were in the middle of workouts. Um, we were about to start our workouts when we, you know, we've seen it all on Twitter. I don't know how everybody's getting this information. I, I don't know if somebody's seen them on a, on a flight or something. Like, it, it's crazy, all yeah. the all the information that, that flies around. But it would, it would have been definitely been a hit to everybody, including me, just, you know, seeing – seeing Grub go to you know another another spot but at the same time it's like you can understand it because you know I know he's talked about becoming a head coach and you know Alabama has a great program and Nick Saban has been possibly the greatest college you know, football coach of all time right, so right. you know him going over there and being able to learn from him and evaluate that opportunity um, I, I was really happy for him honestly because uh, he deserves that all the work that he puts in I know that you know eventually he's going to end up exactly where he wants to be because of the way he works. But, yeah. you know, like I said, at the same time, it was like, nah, don't do that. You know, come back, <laughs> come back and, uh, you know, di dial us up one uh, more time. So. Yeah. So everybody's <laughs> yeah. back, including the coaches. It's going to be very, very exciting. Last question for you. We know that you're all about coming back to win a championship and we love that about you. Give me some personal goals outside of improving yourself. Do you want to win the Bolitnikoff award? Uh, do you think about breaking Reggie Williams' single-season record? Now, that's going to be tough, 90 catches or 90-something right. catches, 1,400 yards, because you, you've got so many great wide receivers around you that it's going to, yeah, i got to share the right. ball a little bit. What does Rome want to want to accomplish next year individually? Right. Yeah, no, actually, all you hit all three of those uh, uh, on the head with it. Those, those have been three of my goals you know, right under, you know, winning this team a national championship and trying to keep that on the forefront. Um, just because th th this team deserves it, and we we're going to work towards that. But yeah, the Belinda cough. I mean, you know, I, I was able to get on the old, old watch list last year. 
for it, you know, um, it's a really honoring uh, award. And, and to do that with, you know, so many great college wide receivers at this point, like it, it would be awesome. So uh, I really would. Um, and then, like you said, I've seen that. i seen an article talking about the uh, Reggie stats and um, it's definitely going to be a challenge because there's so many weapons, but, um, you know, I'm going to go for it. Um, I think that if that's what the, what being at the top is and, you know, I can't settle for, for anything less. So, yeah, we'll try try and get that done. I'm gonna need to get get a few extra catches, few few hundred a few hundred more yards. So, <laughs> but um, it'll it'll be fun. Well, you're an incredibly thoughtful and articulate young guy. I'm almost more impressed off the field than I am on the field, and that's that's pretty hard to accomplish. And if you're not gonna whisper the SEC school now that we're at the end of the interview, the least <laughs> you could do is tell me because I saw that you wanted to own a restaurant someday. And I'd like to uh-huh. know. I'd like to know what kind of restaurant are we talking, and whether I'm going to get a free meal if I come visit the restaurant and talk about it on the podcast. I need to know. I need to know the answers to those questions. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Um, shoot. I mean, it's going to be anything you can imagine. Honestly, I, I I envision it being you know some of the first of all our desserts are going to be crazy. I got a sweet tooth. My mom got a sweet tooth. What's your favorite dessert? I feel like you can't really go wrong with the apple pie and ice cream, okay. vanilla ice cream. Yes. I mean, that's, it's hard to beat that, you know, but we, we got a bunch of different things, whether it's, you know, waffles and ice cream, brownies, um, brownie recipes that are going through the family. So that, you know, included with, you know, a bunch of, bunch of good uh, entrees. Are we talking sports bar, sports restaurant, American you, Grill? Oh, are we talking Italian oh, restaurant? Oh, what are we talking, Rome? I need oh, to know. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's definitely going to be American for sure. Yeah. No, you're definitely going to be able to watch the game. Okay. Um, you're definitely going to be able to watch the game. Um, you know, it's not going to be too fancy. Something definitely sit down with your family. Um, you know, hopefully I'll be in there when, I, when I'm all said and done, you know, t- chopping it up with people, talking about the good old days back at UW or something <laughs> like that. So <laughs> definitely something like that. Definitely something that like that. And uh, we'll be we'll be cooking gator. We'll be cooking gator. Uh, really? I don't know if anybody got some context clues, but um, that'll, that'll tell you. That'll tell you what <laughs> we'll be cooking gator out there for sure. I got it. It took me a little time. I'm a little slower than you are, Rome. But I got it. Thank you. I'm glad you'll be cooking some gator on the menu. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Rome Adunze, really great to to catch up with you. Congratulations on all that you've accomplished so far. I know it was a gut-wrenching decision. I know it was frustrating for you. But, my goodness, people are excited to see you and all your teammates get on the field again. The next time you're on the field, you're going to be, I think, top five, top eight in the country when you get on the field next. It's going to be very, very exciting. Thank you for joining us on Mitch Unfiltered, and I wish you all the very best next year, Rome. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me on. I really enjoyed the experience. I thought your question was very thoughtful and and had a good time, you know, uh, (laughs) chopping it up with you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Save me some gator, Rome. Will do, will do, will do. Hey, look who's back on Mitch Unfiltered. It's Katie Versio, the Director of Financial Planning at Evergreen Golf Call. Happy New Year, Katie. I know what 2022 was like for all of us investors out there. Not good. How about for you guys at Evergreen Golf Call? Yes. Well, thanks for having me, Mitch, back on the podcast. As we've talked about many times, 2022 is a very challenging year for the markets, where for the last 10 years or so, we haven't had a lot of volatility. And at the end of the year, the market ended down about 18%, and bonds ended down about 13%. 
So it's been a tough environment for investors. Basically, every asset class was down, but it was a really good year for Evergreen. I would say there was still a lot of volatility in our portfolios, but we find a lot of opportunity during these turbulent times. We manage our portfolios very actively, and this was a real shakeup of a year where we were able to find a lot of clients that may have been managing portfolios on their own, and now we're realizing, hey, this is more complicated than I thought, and I really want to make sure that I'm holding up well for for my own goals here. For those listeners out there that don't have a plan, an investment, or a financial plan, or haven't reviewed it in a long time, or just have questions of if you're on track, now is a great time to learn more about our services. So what would be the best way to contact you for our listeners? Do it through the website? Yes. So if you go to our website, www.evergreengk.com, you can learn more about our services on the website. And there's also a client compatibility survey that you can take that will then have one of our advisors contact you. Very good to know. And for all of us who need help, and most of us do, with our investment needs, Katie Versio and Evergreen Golf Call are there for you. Evergreengk.com, a terrific partner of Mitch Unfiltered. And once again, it's great to be joined by John Waterstrap, the owner of Fireside Home Solutions, always a great sponsor, title sponsor of our Beat the Boys competition. John, how are you? Doing great, Mitch. Thanks for having me on. Another football season is in the books, and we know football season is synonymous with fireplaces and fireside home solutions, but still some cold and damp months ahead, John. Yep, there is definitely some cold, damp months ahead, and there's no better time to buy than these couple months. Uh, February seems to always have a little bit of rain, and we're getting those cold weathers. Our, our lead times are down. We want you to get those products into your home and keep you nice and cozy and warm, and also we have some great discounts coming. Soup to nuts. What's the time frame now? So right about two weeks. Installers are getting a little bit of our lead times down. So two weeks, we can get that product right into your house and no better time than now. Allow me, John, to ask you the question I asked our other partners. How was 2022 for Fireside? The good... <laughs> and the challenges. What would you say? Oh, if I look back on that, you know, stock definitely being one of those big issues that we had. But again, we we were blessed with just great customers and being able to get those fireplaces in and be able to stock products that we needed to and people being patient with us and uh, really thankful to have a great year this year. So if you could snap your fingers and accomplish a few specific goals in 2023 besides your Seahawks win in the Super Bowl. What would they be for Fireside Home Solutions, John? Five-star service to all our customers, but most importantly is keep our lead times down. You know, we want to be able to help as many customers as we can out there, and lead times are important, you know, to get through customers, just like if you're at any kind of restaurant or anything, you want to be able to get to those customers as soon as possible. And like I said, I think stock will be better this coming year. We want to keep our lead times down so we can accomplish a lot next year. I can genuinely say, that Mitch Unfiltered would not be where we are four and a half years later without our terrific sponsor, John Waterstrat and Fireside Home Solutions, literally the title sponsor of every audience contest that we do on the podcast. So begin your search for a new fireplace at firesidehomesolutions.com. Unfiltered. Four seconds separating shot clock and game clock. Westbrook looking for James. He's got it. Coming to the end of the third quarter. LeBron James, a shot in history. LeBron stands alone. 
those of us giving the NBA the cold shoulder could not ignore a wild week in the league. LeBron becomes the all-time leading scorer. Fights are breaking out about who's the greatest. And then, my goodness, the trades, Irving and Durant and so many others. There's only one guy that can decipher it all for me and do it with flair and humor. But former Rockets guard Matt Maloney was unavailable, so... (laughs) (laughs) Matt Maloney. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) Yeah, I got a good chuckle out of that one. I don't know whether to laugh or get pissed. (laughs) Yeah, when Matt Maloney took my job, I was like, damn, I must really be bad. (laughs) Oh. Oh, man. <laughs> All I can tell you is when a guy from the University of Pennsylvania takes the job of a Washington, a three-time All-Conference Washington guard, there's trouble on the horizon, Eldridge Kasner. I'll tell you that. Yeah, if it's not politics, you ain't lying about that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, how, are, how are you, ER? Nice to have you back on oh, the show. How's everything? I'm good, man. Nice to hear your voice, Mitch. Yeah, and Happy New Year, man. I know it's February the 10th, but that's all right. <laughs> I heard I missed the cutoff date of February 1st, but I hadn't talked to you in a while, man. So happy new year. <laughs> happy new year to you. By the way, ER is the hardest working guy in show business, the Pac-12 network, the head coach of the Seattle Superhawks, if that's still a thing, and the real estate broker to the stars. Now, I want to know, Tyler Lockett or Eldridge Kasner, when I go to sell this house and we move out, do I want do I want Eldridge Kasner or do I want Tyler Lockett to be my agent, my real estate agent? Man, I tell you what, I'm so proud of Tyler Lockett just to have the vision to try to do this while he's still playing with all of his teammates, man. What a what a brilliant idea. I, I, I got to tip my hat to that guy. I love him as a player, but when I saw he was doing real estate while he was still playing, yep. I said, man, what a, what a genius move that was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So? What's the answer to my question? <laughs> Tyler Lockett, that's your answer. <laughs> Hell, I'm going with Tyler Lockett, too. <laughs> as long as he's not getting his loans from Russell Wilson. If he's getting his loans from Russell, then I don't know about that one. <laughs> well, I was going to ask you, I was going to ask you who, which one of you guys have the listing for Russell and Sierra's house in Bellevue. Is that thing still, is that thing still for sale, or did somebody buy that thing, Eldridge? You know what? I haven't heard anything about it. That's a great question, Mitch. I haven't heard anything about it in a couple of months. I would assume it's, it, it's still available. Whoever's buying that didn't have to worry about interest rates. That's <laughs> damn sure. <laughs> uh, oh, man. Why is everybody getting so damn heated? Why can't we have a debate of who's the best without people getting so offended? It seems like everybody who thinks that LeBron James is the best over Michael Jordan thinks that anybody who doesn't just doesn't like LeBron James personally. That's what I keep hearing. You can't think that Michael Jordan is the greatest of all time over LeBron James unless you really have something in for LeBron James. Why is that? Why do people feel yeah, that Yeah, you, you know what, Mitch? I got to admit, I'm guilty of it myself because I, I love LeBron. I, I, you know, I, I remember... I remember when he came out, you know, with all the hype, and I was like, damn, this guy can't be that good. And then when I saw him play, I was like, well, hell, they didn't hype him up enough. <laughs> you know? I mean, he's just, he's been amazing for 20 seasons. Hasn't gotten in any trouble. You know, he's a, he's a, well, obviously we know he's a great basketball player, but I think off the court, he's been fantastic. Yeah. He's an amazing dad. He's a, you know, seems to be a loving, 
husband, you don't hear anything about him beating up his wife or not doing for his kids. I mean, he's, he's been, he's been the model that I think that every professional sports franchise wants in their superstar. You know, we, we, we saw it for a while, but Russell Wilson with the Seahawks, you know, he did everything you could possibly want and ask him to do. And I think LeBron's taking that from Cleveland to Miami, back to Cleveland, now to the Lakers, and he just he's he's been phenomenal, man. But I, I gotta admit, Mitch, I'm I'm even guilty of it myself. And uh I agree with you one hundred percent. We just need to appreciate him for who he is, how great of a player he is, and try to stop all the comparisons because I'm fifty five. So in my eyes, the best player that I ever saw was Michael Jordan and I played against him, so I know what it felt like to compete against him. I just wasn't somebody sitting at home watching from the couch. I mean, I was out there, right. I saw what he did to my teammates, I saw what he did to my coaching staff. That's all he did to me. So I know firsthand what he was all about. But if you go back and you talk to the people that are older than us, because you're my age, Mitch, but if you talk about people that are older than us that watch Wilt in his prime, Bill Russell in his prime, Kareem in his prime, they're thinking, well, damn, those guys are the greatest of all time. And then you fast forward to the young folks, you know, who's growing up in this LeBron James era, and, and, and they're saying him. So I think for me, Mitch, yeah, when you talk about the best players ever, I think Kareem, Will, Michael, LeBron, Kobe, Oscar Robinson, that's the guys that are in that conversation for me, and I think there's a great argument for all of them. I, I love LeBron's game. I mean, I absolutely do. I, I mean, he scored 36 points in 36 minutes and three quarters at 38 years old. Yeah. I was like, you got to be kidding. I never scored 36 points in the NBA game. Hell, from the time I was 27 to when I was finished at 34. So, I mean, that right there, that in itself was just was just amazing that he could still play – at that type of a level. And I'm like I said, I'm guilty of it too. I think we just need to celebrate him and appreciate him for who he is and quit trying to compare him to somebody else because, you know, Tom Brady, is he better than Joe Montana? Hell, we'll never really know. Mike Tyson, is he better than Muhammad Ali? Yeah. You know, I mean, who knows, man? Yeah, but you're talking about, in those cases, quarterback to quarterback. You know, the problem that I have in comparing the two is they're so different. It's kind of like comparing... Bill Russell and Wilt Chamberlain to Magic Johnson. They play a much different game, a much different position, and it's hard to take two guys who are so di- – I mean, in the quarterbacks, at least Tom Brady and Joe Namath play the same quarterback position. It's hard to compare Michael Jordan to LeBron James. It is, you know, because Le- LeBron to me is more like a Magic Johnson type of a player, whereas Kobe Bryant that is the closest I can think of right. to Michael Jordan. Michael was a killer. You know, LeBron's not a killer. You know, LeBron's going to pass to me and you, Mitch, if we're open in the corner, even if the game's on the line. That's just who he is. Michael ain't passing to us. I don't give a damn how much he likes us. He just ain't giving us the ball if he could get a shot. And I think that's what separates the two, man. I think Kobe was in that breath, too. Kobe wanted to be the guy. LeBron just wants to win. You know, he doesn't care if it's him getting the bucket or somebody else. And he's just he, – he's never been a killer in my eyes. But when I saw him say to his two sons, should I go out here and break it tonight? Should I get to 36 tonight? Yeah. And they say, yeah. And he said, all right, I'm going to do it. And he did it. I said, well, damn, that's a bad dude at 38 years old. Yeah. I mean, he's a great, great player. But I'm with you. I never saw anything like Michael Jordan. And I've watched both of them play. But you're right. I didn't see Will Chamberlain in his prime. I didn't see Bill Russell in his prime. But when I look at LeBron James and Michael Jordan, I think there's some indisputable facts. Number one. For as great a scorer as LeBron James is, Michael Jordan was a better pure scorer. He averaged more points during the regular season, 30 to 27. He averaged more points 
during the postseason, 31 to 28 or something like that. He was a better pure scorer than LeBron James. He's a He's a better defender than LeBron James. He was a nine-time first-team all-defensive player. LeBron has been on the all-defensive team five times. He was better in the clutch, and he was a bigger winner. He had more championships than LeBron. James is a better rebounder. He's probably a better passer, and he's slightly a better three-point shooter, 34% to 32%. There can't be much debate to what I just listed. So would you rather the better rebounder, the better passer, the slightly better three-point shooter, or would you rather the better pure scorer, better defender, better in the clutch, and the bigger winner? It, it, to me, it, it, it's Michael Jordan. If you're gonna, if you force me to compare the two guys, Eldridge, it's Michael Jordan. Well, I ask this simple question to anybody. I, I get a lot of heat, you know, because I'm a I'm a Michael guy, and I get a lot of heat about it. Right. And the question I hit them all with is: Is okay, the game's on the line. You got one. You got one shot. You got one guy you can pick. Who you picking, Michael or LeBron? I think everybody's going to pick Michael. That's right. You know, and it's That's not right. taking anything away from LeBron, like you say, because I'm, I'm guilty of it too, Mitch. I, I can't. Every time I criticize, I go, man, this dude's been amazing, but he's been amazing, but you know, and I, yeah. I think it's time we let the butts go okay. and just give him the praise because they, you know, he's never going to play against Michael in his prime. So we, you know, we don't know. All we all we can do is say, hey, we know what Michael did. We know what LeBron did. They're both for great, fantastic players. And to right. see LeBron pass Kareem, man, I just never thought anybody yeah. would break that record. Yeah. And so, you know, you, you, you got to give him his props. He's a bad boy. Let's go to the trades in the NBA because I don't really follow it all that closely. You tell me, Kyrie to Dallas with Luka, best backcourt of all time. You got one guy who's like a 30, <laughs> 33 a game. You got one guy who's 27 a game. Come on, Kyrie and Luka in one backcourt? That's incredible, isn't it? I don't think it's going to work, though. No. You know, because both guys, both guys need the ball, Mitch. You know, both guys need the ball in their hands, man. I mean, Luka's a ball-dominant player, and Kyrie's a ball-dominant player. I think that's why Kyrie no longer wanted to play with LeBron, because people list LeBron as a small forward. He's a point guard. He brings the ball up every single damn time for 20 straight years. So he's not a small forward. And Luka's the same way. He's, Luka's 6'8", but he, he handles the ball all the time. I, I, I mean, I hope I'm wrong, but I just don't see how it's going to work. You know, there was a reason you had positions. You know, they call it positionless basketball today, and it's creating a lot of problems because there was a reason when you had a point guard. He handled the rock, made all the passes, shooting guard, shot up all the balls, fall forward, got the rebound, center protected the rim. Now they're trying to get all the same type of guys. You, you just you just don't have good chemistry with it. I, I just can't. I can't honestly see Mitch Howard's going to work. If it doesn't just, work. They, they both need the ball all the time. If it doesn't work for Mark Cuban at the end of the year, do you resign him or do you let him walk? I would say they would probably let him walk because they can find somebody to play alongside of Luka. He's shown what he's able to okay. do. All right. And Kyrie's played with some of the greatest players of all time. You know, he was in the backcourt with, 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 with James Harden. Yeah. You know, he played with Kevin Durant and couldn't get it done. So I don't, I don't, if people think he's going to get it done, yeah, they're going to be fun to watch. I love Kyrie's game, but I don't, I don't see them coming out of the West. Yeah. Now you talk about, you know, Kevin Durant going with yes. the Phoenix Suns, and that's a different situation. Well, that's what I'm going to ask you next. Chris Paul, <laughs> you've got Devin Booker, KD, and Aiton all in the same starting lineup, ER. Amazing. I think that's, for me, Mitch, that's the team to beat now because you've got all the pieces. You know, you got an unselfish, high IQ point guard that's up in age, but he's smart, he's competitive, he's tough. He's going to get those guys to rock. You've got a shooting guard in Devin Booker, probably one of the best young shooting guards in the entire NBA, a best shooting guards, period. 
KD, we know he's the best scorer in the game. And then you got a young stud in DeAndre Ayton who doesn't have to have all the load on him. Now, I think Phoenix, in my opinion, uh, for this year in particular, if, if KD can get healthy pretty quick after All-Star break, is a team to beat not only in the West but in the whole league. I just, I just don't see a reason why they wouldn't be able to win it, Mitch, with the talent that they have at those positions with everybody accepting their role. They don't have any conflicts on who's running the show. That's Chris Paul, and everybody respects him. They don't have any conflicts or who can knock down a three ball when you need it. Not only do they have one guy in Devin Booker, they got two, Kevin Durant. They got the big guy inside that can score and protect the basket and rebound. I don't know who that power forward is going to be, but hell, Mitch, they can put me and you at power forward. I think we still going to win. <laughs> so the Suns, I'm serious, man. Uh, They're so, loaded. So the Suns are better than the Nuggets? The Suns are better I than the so. Mavs, the Clippers, the I Grizzlies, so. the Warriors. Better than, That's a pretty stacked Western Conference now. It seemed like all these trades, maybe I'm wrong about this, but it seemed like all these trades, ER, these stars, they went from the East to the West, and I thought the West was already better than the East. So how much better is the Western Conference than the Eastern Conference? It's going to be really, really, really competitive. You know, I, I think in the East, you still got the – I mean, people don't give the Bucks the respect that they deserve, but I think the Bucks will be in it, obviously the Celtics and, and the Sixers. But when you come out West, man, I'm, I'm you know, Golden State, the defending champs, they've been struggling on the road. Yep. And I think they're going to really struggle uh, against, against the Phoenix Suns because, okay – you know your guy Draymond Green. Maybe he takes KD, but then who's gonna who's gonna guard who's gonna guard Devin Booker? I don't think Klay Thompson is the same defender. You know, and Steph Curry is not a defender, and then they don't have anybody on the interior to, to guard DeAndre Ayton. So I, I I really feel like the Suns made a great move. They picked up a, a superstar, but he's an unselfish superstar. He's not a guy that's gonna come down and shoot up all the balls. Right. You know, he wants to win as well. So it's it's gonna be interesting for me to see how this plays out for Phoenix. But if I'm a betting man, I, I would bet on the Suns winning. ER, you're the best. I love chatting with you. I love hearing your voice. Listen, I got to go because Matt Maloney's invited me on his podcast. So. <laughs> Matt Maloney. If I see Matt Maloney today, I might hit him with an elbow. <laughs> yeah, remember, though, that's a 55-year-old elbow. That's not a 25-year-old elbow anymore. Oh, it's still sharp, buddy. It's still sharp. I'm hitting the weight. <laughs> no, but thanks for having me on. Uh, it's great to hear your voice, man. Keep up all the great work on the Pac-12 Networks. Thank you, ER. You're the best. Yep. Have a good day. Hey, look who it is. Lindsey Schwartz, Daniel's Broiler, my favorite place for special occasions. How's everything going over there at Daniel's, Lindsey? Hey, Mitch, it's going great. Month of February, Valentine's Day, of course. Super busy night for us. Great month for us. We're excited for February. You know, it's award season in the NFL, and I thought, let's give out some awards to the Daniel's Broiler menu. Are you ready to humor me on this? Let's do it. Okay. Geno Smith was recently named the Comeback Player of the Year in the National Football League. Is there a comeback item of the year at Daniel's Broiler? You know, I love it. I love it, Mitch. There actually is, believe it or not. No, there clearly is. Okay. And it's it's the oysters on the half shell. It's the raw oysters. It was uh, Daniel's staple for years. Very popular item. And during the pandemic, it was harder to get. You know, we were open for a while, closed for a while, open for a while. It it was just too difficult to manage. And uh, we missed it. And we finally brought them back this past year. Of course, it's been a huge hit, uh, a huge comeback comeback player of the year for sure raw oysters on the half shell the comeback player of the year at daniels now we've got two great rookies on the seahawks Tariq woolen ken walker and others is there a rookie of the year a newer item 
on your menu that gets acclaimed. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go with the Piedmontese filet imported from Italy. It's grass fed, a little bit different texture than what you're used to and and really delicious. One of my favorites. Got to be the rookie of the year. And then there's the biggest of the big, the most prestigious award, the MVP, the most valuable player, or in your case, the MVI, the most valuable item on the Daniels broiler menu. And it goes to which one? I mean, we got to go with the old standby. We got to go with the number one selling thing on the menu. We're a steakhouse. We're known for steaks. And the best seller is the filet mignon. It comes in two sizes, the 8-ounce, the 12-ounce. Can't beat it. It, it, It's the goat. It's the Tom Brady of Daniel's (laughs) broiler. And uh, I just don't know how anything else could be the MVP. The ribeye doesn't compete, huh? I mean, they're all good. I got nothing bad to say about any of them. But you asked me for the MVP. Like I said, I got to go with the goat. The filet mignon is the MVP. The rookie of the year is the Piedmontese. And raw oysters on the half shell. The comeback item of the year at Daniel's Broiler, a world-class steakhouse. Unfiltered. That's a birdie for Shepler. He's marching to the last hole and looks like defending in style. Scotty, they chance. Number one in the world. With Super Bowl weekend now behind us, five or six weeks till the NCAA tournament, pitchers and catchers about to report. The world of professional golf has picked up some steam with the annual party in Scottsdale. And now a Tiger appearance at Riviera this week. Great time to drop in on our old buddy, John Hawkins, one of the best to cover the sport over the last, dare I say, 40 years. You can read them now at SI.com. <laughs> now, I, I, I'm i not great with math, Hawk, but how how does a guy that's only 35 years old cover the game for 40 <laughs> years? <laughs> it's actually, it's been about, what is it? Uh, actually, just past 25 Totally golf. This is stuff you had just been talking about for the first 12 years of my career. And then kind of got tired of hearing people like Barry Bonds <laughs> and Bobby Bonilla tell me, ask me to perform some anatomic impossibilities. So um, I moved on to the gentleman's game, but it's, uh, it's been a, been a blast and it's not, uh, it's not getting any, any less blasty. That's yeah. for sure. You got to love that Phoenix event. It's great to have you back, by the way, on the podcast. You got to lo- lo- love this, the, the Phoenix event over the weekend. So few of the non-majors, Hawk, week to week through the spring and summer stand out. They all kind of seem to run together, but not Scottsdale. Not Scottsdale. Yeah, it's a different, uh, you know, obviously the 16th hole gets a ton of attention. The par 316th where... Everybody gets drunk and throws stuff on the field. I'm not a big fan of that, but I like the tournament. I love the tur- I love the tournament uh, because it's a great it's a great golf town. Not good, it's great. Uh, Scottsdale is almost built on golf. I covered that tournament uh, in person a lot during the years I was on the road. And uh, you know, the Thunderbirds, the host, is probably the best word. The Thunderbirds, a, a group of do-gooders in the uh, Phoenix area do a fabulous job with this thing. So yes, it's a good tournament and uh, you're right. They, they, 
believe me, they can run together very easily. Yeah, uh, yeah. It, and and you, you find yourself looking for an identity amongst so many of them, yeah, you know, and yeah. uh, Phoenix has that. So it's a, it's a real asset on the tour schedule. And Hawk, this Scotty Scheffler wins for the second time in a row. He'll get ready for a master's defense in a couple of months. He's not the greatest interviewer quote, but he seems like a <laughs> nice guy. He's got a lot of game and I don't see any nerves, zero nerves on this guy. Yeah. You know, he, I agree partner. I think he's, I, I'll take a, I'll take a winner over a, a quipster any day. The problem is that some of the quipsters think they are winners and they're not. Uh, <laughs> Scotty's a, Right. I mean, we, they're in all sports. Yeah. Uh, Scotty's the real deal. He's proven that he's won at every level. He's won with volume. Shall we say he was a heralded junior, mm-hmm. a highly regarded player. Uh, I suppose he qualifies as a quote unquote prodigy and he's backing it up. So many guys get to the big leagues in golf and, and don't perform. And my theory, uh, I, there's a lot of reasons why some guys underperform never reached their potential, but it's hard to teach people how to play golf in front of 30 or 40,000 people. That's a different sport than the one where you go out to the club on Saturday mm-hmm. and uh, take 20 bucks off your buddy or something. It's, it's, you know, and they're no different. They spend their entire lives, uh, much of their younger, uh, their formative years practicing in solitude and grooving a technique and they get out there and it's there's some pretty intense stage fright. I've heard guys talk about it uh, in many different contexts over the years. Uh, mm-hmm. So I remember JJ Henry, the old sure. tour pro saying, you know, I, I was, a, I was a great player in college, but I got out here and I shoot a couple 66s and you're thinking, I'm just one off the lead. And then you shoot a 69 and you get lapped. <laughs> you know, you, you, you walk off the, the 18th green and you're, you know, you're T11. Yeah, so yeah. you got to keep the pedal to the metal. And it's hard to do when there's so many people watching, but yeah, Scheffler is, was threatening, was on the cusp of, of breaking out for about a year and a half, two years before just last year. Did he do that? And he did it in a bunch. He, you know, this victory was his first since last year's Masters. So, yeah. After four quick wins in twenty-two, he he went a little, he went a little cold, but he's back. Hey, Hawk! Tiger snuck up on me. I wasn't thinking about it when I heard the news of his return this week. I probably should have, with all the connections to the L.A. event that he has. But he's back. You see any evidence at the event with his son or that match that he can still win over four days or not? Uh, it's hard for me to envision that, Mitch. I think he's look. It's awesome to have him out there. I, I was just talking to my editor earlier today, and and you know, I think Tiger and LeBron James uh, share more than just a birthday. There are the two athletes in the 21st century who they're hype busters. They uh, they they were better than advertised, and they were both were for Tiger very omnipresent. They, they uh, to call them uh, over to call them overexposed would would be a reach. But we saw so much of Tiger, and then he got hurt, and then he wrecked his car, and then he got you know, and and all these things have left us longing to see him play. And so anytime he does does suit up, uh, I'm I get excited as a fan, and I uh, certainly enjoy his presence as a uh, journalist. He just makes it feel more important. I, uh, 
look forward to him playing, but can he win? That's going to be tough. I mean, this is a great field, 23 of the top 25 in the world. I think uh, as, as unlikely as Tiger is to admit that he he probably can't win, he, he's probably pretty sure. I mean, this is a this isn't a ceremonial appearance, but it's a. I'm sure he considers it something of an obligation, and he's healthy. That's the that's the good thing. He's healthy enough to try to play four rounds, and hopefully he'll make it to the weekend. It's funny because he never played this place well before. All the things <laughs> that you just mentioned, uh, it's one of the only places that really has his number. I'm imagining that you're going to tell me that he'll play this one. Maybe he'll play at PGA National or Bay Hill if he's healthy one more time, and then you'll probably like his chances even more at Augusta than you do at Riviera. Well, he he never liked the greens at Riviera. I think he struggled with the Poana, which is kind of weird because he putted it so well at Pebble Beach. Yeah. That's uh, the bumpy, unpredictable surface. Uh, I don't think we're going to see him anywhere on, on the Florida swing. I just don't. Oh, um, really? Maybe it'll play the players because it's it'll it, it'll offer pretty stout preparation for the Masters, but I don't. We're not going to see him on a regular basis. This isn't going to change anything. He's playing because his foundation is the beneficiary of all the charity money generated at Riviera. So he feels an obligation to play. Uh, everybody loves when he plays, or should, and. I mean, whenever greatness laces it up, let's let's drop what we're doing and watch. Yes, right? I mean, yes, yes, absolutely. You know, yeah. you don't. It won't be. He won't be around forever. So, speaking of James, my daughter went to see LeBron. She doesn't. She doesn't know. She couldn't balance a basketball. That well, that's not true. I want to disparage her athletic ability. But <laughs> she and her mother went to watch LeBron at the, in Madison Square Garden about ten days ago, and. A non-sports fan, but just such a thrill to be in yeah. that kind of atmosphere around greatness, and I think Tiger generates the same kind of feeling. Let me throw a couple of last ones at you. Curious to see the new 13th at Augusta or not? I am because I think it's the greatest hole ever built. I hope they didn't wreck it, but I don't think – look, the changes that were made in the past since 03 when they decided to Tiger-proof the place uh, have been – I wouldn't say minimal because when you're playing, they're significant, but the hole could use some lengthening. It, it, it really had turned into a long par four. So, yes, interested, always jacked up to see anything new at Augusta. Patrick Reed threw a T at Rory when he got the silent treatment, and then he called Rory a child. That's kind of interesting. Well, I didn't throw the T. It was tossed. It was, you know, I, I love it. I, I love it. I mean, I'm in the I'm in the embellishment and, and 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 exaggeration business. Apparently, golf needs villains, okay? And Patrick Reed plays the role such perfectly. You know, he doesn't really give a rat's behind what what we think of him. And um, hey, not my favorite. He's not even in my top hundred. But the game needs a little bit of spice, a little bit of zest. You know, guys yes. who wear black hats and guys who wear halos. Maybe you just answered my next question. Live Golf now has a television partner. I saw your your column right. on it, NSI.com. Still laughable, the 54-hole shotgun starts. Uh, but my question was going to be, and maybe you just answered it, 
Are we going to miss DJ? Are we going to miss Kepka week to week? Are we going to miss watching DeChambeau when we watch these PGA Tour telecasts? Are we going to miss Reed? Or are all these guys just going to be replaced by other great players and somebody will kind of assume assume the uh, the roles of these guys? Well, I don't like to speak for the consensus because there's a lot of great golf fans who, who know a lot about the game and have very sound opinions. But my feeling is no. Definitely not. For every guy who left, five will come along and fill the void. The product is a little thinner. I mean, come on. Every you know, the toughest loss is probably for, for, in the grand scheme of things, probably Cam Smith. Deschambeau, despite his str- struggles and, and health issues over the last year or so, eighteen months, I suppose. You know, he's a guy who who might be missed a little bit, but no, life goes on, man. Teams in every sport. You know, there's a dynasty building, and then they 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 kind of run. Mm-hmm. It runs its course, whether they win three championships or fail to win one all, even one, and and then teams dissolve, and that's how sports are nowadays. Teams don't stay together like they used to back in the '60s and '70s before free agency and golf. No different. The right to uh, to make a living uh, has has led to greater opportunities for to find somebody out who will pay you more. And that's basically what this is. I I don't think it it hurts the game from that standpoint. I do think a fractured, Mitch, I think a fractured game is not a real good idea in the long run. It just doesn't, it it sounds like tennis to me, right? How many leagues do they have in tennis? Uh, Boxing, same thing. And let's face it, boxing and tennis have been two of the greatest casualties in sports over the last quarter century. John Hawkins spends a lot of his time writing about media, so I'll end here, Hawk. Uh, I want to get your thoughts on the post-Faldo era at CBS. Are you a Trevor Immelman guy? And then I know you got an advanced look at this Netflix eight-part documentary, Full Swing, that's dropping this week for the rest of us. I'd like to hear your thoughts on both before you go. You know, Immelman has gotten better. He's What's this, maybe his fourth or fifth tournament in the lead chair, in the lead analyst chair next to Nance. I think CBS's product is still clearly inferior to that of NBC. I think they could use somebody who has a little bit of bite. Not everything in this world is fabulous, fantastic, super terrific. And outstanding. Okay, mm-hmm. it, it's it's that's it's, that's not what golf is. Golf is hard. Golf is a pain in the ass. Golf is frustrating. Golf is maddening. Fill in the blank, you know. And these guys make a lot of money. There's no no harm in in, in wondering if the guy felt it in the throat when he when he gags on a five footer with the game online. CBS still has a ways to go, but it has improved. I like what lead producer Seller Shy has done. Uh, with the product, it certainly has evolved a bit. As for the Netflix series, it's eight parts. I think if you're an avid golf fan, you might find it a little dry, a little too basic. Mm-hmm. But there's some great stuff in there. There's something for everybody. Uh, I think the, the the best stuff that producer Chad Mum came up with was really the footage of guys off the course. That, to me, was the most interesting those stretches provided for the most interesting entertainment. Uh, And, you know, getting to see Jordan Beath and Justin Thomas on the private jet, cussing up a storm with each other. That's kind (laughs) of neat. You don't get that on on CBS every week, do you, man? No, you don't. 
Not every week, not yeah. any, not any week. Right, right. <laughs> so it's it's worth the while. I would uh, say say it's definitely worth the while. Okay, it's called full swing. And by the way, that daughter of yours that, that you say can't bounce a basketball, she can sure review a Netflix series. I saw her. I saw her in the piece, Hawk. I saw uh, you. She can write better. <laughs> She can write better than her old man, and she's only 22 <laughs> years old. Both of them, uh, great writers. So I don't know, maybe something, maybe something in my genes uh, uh, rubbed off, but probably not. Their mom's pretty sharp too. But no, it was worked out well. It was a nice little idea. Great, great visiting with you, Hawk. Love what you do. Have always been a huge fan from all the way out here in Seattle. We'll visit again as the golf season rolls along. Thank you so much. Anytime, Mitch. I enjoyed it. Thank you. He's back, the president of Zeke's Pizza, Dapper Dan Black. How are we doing, Dan? Good. We're dapper this week, huh? <laughs> we are <All> dapper. Right. <laughs> we are dapper this week. I just spoke to Lindsay at Daniel's Broiler, and since it's award season in the NFL, yeah. I'm hoping that Zeke's can participate with the things that are happening in your world. Are you ready to go through three major awards? We'll see. I think so. <laughs> Geno Smith just won Comeback Player of the Year in the NFL. Who's the comeback player? What is the comeback player of the year for Zeke's? I'm going to give you two. We've got a tie, actually. Okay. So our Redmond location just reopened after a great remodel. So it's a full Northwest pizza pub with a beer bar right now. So that's pretty fun. That's definitely a good comeback because it was closed for a little while. And then we just launched a new app, which has rolled out to about half of our stores, and it's working really well. So for people that are on the new app and are about to be on the new app, uh, ordering's never been easier. So the app in Redmond. What's the biggest difference in the app? The customer interface is super easy. It's super intuitive. So literally after you've taken about 10 seconds to sign up with your email and stuff, pizza's like two button pushes away for the rest of your life. So it's really easy. And then we got rewards for the first time as well. That's cool too. Everybody knows that the Seahawks had a bunch of very solid rookies. I, yeah. need, a, I need a rookie of the year. In the Zeke's Pizza world. I'm going to go with a beer on this one. As we've talked about, we do a lot of collaboration beers with our brewing partners. And we did one with Fremont Brewing this summer called Z-Side Frozen IPA. And we couldn't keep it in stock. It flew off the shelves. And it was a fun one. And so we're working on some more collabs this summer. We're probably going to do some with Rubens Brews, who's our main brewing partner. I think I've told the story, but we helped launch them back in the day. We met them at a brewing party and. Finney Ridge, and part of the reasons they became a commercial brewer was because Zeke's agreed to buy their product. So that's Zeke's and Rubens have a really close relationship. But Dan, there's got to be a location that also should garner some rookie of the year status, no? Yeah, I'm going to go Seward Park. Uh It's cool because it's become a total destination for NFL football games in the bar. And so that has been super fun. And then I'll throw Spokane in there too. And you're not going to like this, but they've become a destination for GU basketball games. It's packed packed out with students every game. (laughs) All right. The only way that you can make up for that, Dan, is to call Mitch Levy your MVP. If I'm not your MVP, then what is or who is the MVP this year for Zeke's? Yeah, well, you're, you're, you're MVP 1A. <laughs> you know, I'm going to go with the Cherry Bomb. The Cherry Bomb is our most popular pizza, and it's, it's the perennial favorite. It's the anchor of the menu, and I can't order Cherry Bomb enough, and most people I know can't order Cherry Bomb enough. Okay, we got the award, Zeke's Pizza. You love Zeke's Pizza. What a great partner of Mitch Unfiltered, and Zeke's Pizza, of course, is homegrown in the Northwest. Unfiltered. 
episode 226. Other stuff time. Hot Shot Scott and Mitch. By the way, I forgot about the Poker Face commercial, and it reminded yes. me. Yes. Have you taken my advice yes. and tried enough? You did. I have. I don't want you to ever tell me again uh -oh. that I won't watch yeah. the things that you recommend. I have since watched two episodes. Oh, you like the first the one. The pilot. My wife and I watched the pilot. She yeah. wasn't sure. Okay. She said, I'll go, I'll go number two with the episode two, but you might lose me after episode two. Okay. The one thing that you said that completely ruined me because I sat there both episodes the whole time thinking the exact same thing was, for those of us that are old enough, it's totally Detective Columbo. The whole thing oh. is Columbo. <laughs> Graz ruined that for me. Yeah, like even like the the, the font on the credits. Everything about yeah. the show, <laughs> everything about her character yeah, reminds yeah, yeah. me of Detective Columbo. Oh, that's awesome. The disheveled, yeah. you know, kind of falls upon the, th you know, the whole thing. Yeah. I like it. How, how far into it are you? I've seen every episode so far, so I think there's five or six. Wow. Yeah. So you love it. You're totally in. I like it a lot. Yeah, I think it's really good. And by the way, the, I think the pilot was probably my least favorite episode. Okay. I feel like it's, they're starting to get a little better as okay. we go. Yeah. Okay. I'm wondering how much legs it has for me, but we'll see. I liked the pilot. Okay. I liked the second one probably not as much as the pilot. I think I'm losing my wife on this. Okay. I don't think she's going to watch episode three. Maybe she will. Was the Maybe second one surprise the, me. the gas station? Gas station. The nephew up on the roof. Yeah, throwing yeah. the guy off. The subway guy. Yeah, throwing the guy off. I like the cameos that they have. Yeah, they have a lot of good actors. Adrian Brody, is that his name? Was yeah, Adrian Brody. Yeah, he did it. He's I great. He reminds me of Stretch, Matt Stretch Johnson every time I see him. <laughs> By the way, prodigious schnoz. Oh, yeah. Oh, one of the all-time greats. He's a guy that I like to walk around with. <laughs> he gives you a button nose, doesn't, uh, doesn't he, when you stand next to him? Yeah, I like, um, is it Benjamin Bratt? Benjamin Bratt, yeah, he's good. Benjamin yeah. Bratt is good. Sure. And then the guy from Cheers is in the second one. Yes, uh, not Norm, but the, the other Cliff. One. Yeah, Cliff Clavin. Cliff Clavin is in it from Cheers. He so I lives kinda, around here, by the way. I think he lives across the oh, water, by that. the way. I yeah. did not know that. So I'm in after two episodes. Try the one. I, I think people are saying that the barbecue episode is the best. That's everyone's favorite. Well, I'm not going to skip. Well, no, I'm just saying like at least stay in it until the barbecue uh, episode. If you don't like the barbecue episode, the show is probably not for you at that point. Because No, I are like it. it. I like it. You know what I like about it is it doesn't make me think too much. Yeah. It's pretty much right in front of me. I understand yeah, yeah. the premise. It's not. I don't have to be asking questions to my wife. What? What does that mean? And I did have a little trouble following the order of oh. the events because they stop and then they go back. That's right. And I'm. I'm I was trying to figure out what day are we on yeah. now. A little bit of so that. I don't want to think too much. <laughs> I don't get Netflix I'm to think you. so much. They, they okay. show you the story, or and then peacock they cock or whatever it is. They show you the story, and then they go back and show you the story, but from her kind of point of view or they, st they start at the beginning of the day what they do is they show the outcome yeah and then they go back to the beginning of that day and they show you where she was when all that right. happened right. so yeah right. it, it's you know it's not that confusing you, you can probably handle I'm catching it on. This, this is no lord of the rings you can figure this one out i'm catching on all right all right other stuff segment something that i wanted to do in segment one we'll do right here michael jordan versus lebron james you probably know by now that lebron james is the greatest scorer sorry holds the record for most points in the history of the NBA. That ain't nothing. Surpassing Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Did you watch the other night? I meant to, and I turned it on late. I, I missed it. Okay. He had already said it when I turned it on. Did Kareem Abdul-Jabbar look jazzed? I think the answer would be no on that one. Do you think he was thrilled to, to pass the torch? 
I saw I, Piper's basketball coach sent me a funny Facebook video of LeBron going up to set the record and Kareem flying in to block the shot out of there because he did not look happy sitting there. No. Uh, yeah. And this has sparked the continuing debate of who was the greater NBA ball player, LeBron James or Michael Jordan. And it's gotten nasty. I don't know if you've noticed. It's gotten nasty. It has. Okay. People who think that LeBron is greater will say to you, Look, if you think Michael Jordan is better career-wise than LeBron James, then you've got it in for LeBron. You don't like his personality. You just don't like the man. Mm. That's the problem. Apparently, we can't, if you're in the Michael Jordan camp, we can't come to the conclusion that Michael Jordan is the better player or the greater all-time player than LeBron James unless we have it in for LeBron I James. I see. That's you're, the way You're it works. not allowed to just look at ability. No. You have to hate the guy. No. Apparently. Okay. I think LeBron James is a freak. I think what LeBron James has accomplished, probably the most impressive thing for me about LeBron James, the night that he broke the record, mm -hmm. he scored 36 points in three quarters. He's 38 years old. Right. 38-year-olds don't play the caliber of basketball. The guy has kept himself in incredible shape. The fact that he is still, I don't know that he's one of the best five players in the game anymore, but he's probably one of the best 10 or 15 players. The right. fact that at 38 years old, after all these years, that he is still one of the best players in the entire league, to me is his greatest, the biggest feather in his cap. And I said last week, to me, the fact that he was the most hyped high school player in the history of the game, at least in my generation, and he outlived the hype somehow. Yes, he did. That's unbelievable. Yes, and that might even be more impressive than what I just said. It's crazy that he it was, was able, impossible. If he was an all-star, just yes. a perennial all-star, that, that would have been fine. Yes. He yes. outlived. The, the hype couldn't have been more. You remember in high school. But be, he was the king. Yeah, he was the chosen one. They were on ESPN, his yes. high school team. People yes. wanted to watch He him was going to be yeah. the best player in NBA history. That's right. And he lived up to he the, lived up to he lived to the He lived up to the expectations. So yeah. I take... Nothing. I truly have nothing against. I'm not a huge LeBron James fan. I don't even know that he's the second best player, but I take nothing away from his incredible accomplishments. Yeah. But to tell me that I can't think that Michael Jordan is a better all-time great than LeBron James, unless I hate LeBron James as a person, yeah. that's ridiculous. To me, it's a bit complicated to compare them because they play such a different style of game. Mm -hmm. In different LeBron, eras too, right? I mean... Kind of different eras, but more... I mean, LeBron James is just a physical specimen. I mean, he people, plays yeah. the game much differently than Michael Jordan. It's kind of like comparing Wilt Chamberlain to Magic Johnson. Right, yeah. Or Wilt Chamberlain to John Stockton. I mean, how do you... Right. How do you compare Wilt Chamberlain to John Stockton? But if you, if you force me to do it, I don't think it comes out that difficult. LeBron James is a better passer than Michael Jordan. LeBron James is a better rebounder than Michael Jordan. Okay. He has averaged in his career over seven yeah. and seven. LeBron James is a better three-point shooter than Michael Jordan. LeBron has been a 34.5% three-point shooter in his entire career. Jordan was a 31% three point. These are indisputable yeah. facts. LeBron is a better passer, better rebounder, and a better three-point shooter. Let me tell you what else is indisputable. Okay. Michael Jordan averaged 30.1 during the regular season in his career. Jeez. LeBron James averaged 27. Okay. LeBron James averaged 27 in a time where they scored more points yeah. each game 
than when Michael Jordan was averaging 30.1. So his 30.1, it actually should be more. And the Jordan defenders, I've, we've talked about, they love to bring up that Jordan had to battle the bad boys and those Knicks teams. Def- guys were getting their asses kicked. Let's face it. In Some the- games were being played in the 80s and 90s. Remember I mean, the Knicks games? Right. Uh, right. W- you would be thrown out of a game for a foul these days, which was just a foul back then. That's right. Or maybe not even a foul, right? That's right. Jordan got his ass kicked. So one guy averaged 27.2 during the regular season. The other guy averaged 30.1 when they weren't scoring as much. Right. One guy averaged 28.7 in a postseason. Great. Yeah. The other guy averaged 33.4. Pretty good. In the postseason. Yeah. So which guy is the better all-time pure scorer? There's no question about it. It's not debatable. Yep. Okay, the numbers don't lie. He's a better pure scorer. LeBron James has been all defense, first team, five times in his NBA career. Michael Jordan was all defense first team nine times. Oof, yeah. Who was the better defender? Right. It's, it's it's right there on paper. And if, if Michael Jordan was a better defender. LeBron James is a four-time MVP. That's fantastic. Michael Jordan was a five-time MVP. LeBron James won four titles and was four-time finals MVP. That's fantastic. Yeah. Michael Jordan won six titles <laughs> and was six-time finals MVP. <laughs> so Michael Jordan was a bigger winner than LeBron James. Yeah. That's not disputable. Yeah. I'm giving you facts, right. okay? So now, put all those into, into the basket, and you tell me, who's the better all-time player? The guy that was the better passer, rebounder, and three-point shooter. Mm-hmm. You got That's A. Yep. Or the better pure scorer, the better defender, the better winner, and on top of it all, ask anybody that's played or watched in the NBA if the game came down to one shot, one possession, who would you rather have? <laughs> Nobody would say anybody but Michael Jordan. Yeah. What am I missing? I didn't give you. Those aren't opinions what I just gave you. Yeah, you didn't give me any. You just gave me numbers. Except The only opinion I gave you is the opinion of most, which is he's the most clutch player. He's the guy you want with the ball. That's an opinion. Right. Everything else I gave you is on paper. Yeah. What do LeBron supporters say? Like, how, What would they say if they were Ask right him. Now? I don't know. I don't have one. I mean, Ask him. I don't know. I want to know what their case would be. Look, he's the all-time leading scorer. I mean, that's something. Of course it is. Why isn't Jordan the all-time leading scorer? Does that make him a better scorer? I don't know. Or does that mean he's got more points? Look, his durability is yeah. not to be questioned. That's right. It's yeah. the greatest maybe in any sport I've ever seen. Yeah. I, I give him Tom that. Brady's up there too, but yeah. This guy is playing. I mean, it's one thing to play quarterback at that level. I mean, this yeah. guy is playing... At 38 years old, he is playing. I mean, there's no reason why you look at the way the guy plays that he won't be playing like this at 40. I mean, right. he's he has kept himself in such magnificent shape. Yeah. I, and as you say, he's outlived the expectations, which is impossible. Those two things to me are the the selling points of LeBron James beyond all these great numbers. And all these numbers are great. The other guy's better. Yeah. He, the other guy was a better, bigger winner. The other guy was more. Come on, who's more clutch than Michael Jordan? There's not many, if any. In any sport, who was more clutch? <laughs> Every single time yeah. he needed, the Bulls needed something, he gave it to him. Ask Brian Russell. Was it Brian Russell? Craig Elo. Yeah, ask right. Craig Elo. <laughs> he looks so pissed off. Yeah, there's a million guys you could ask. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. All right. I'm with you. I'm in the bag for Jordan. Hey, by the way, who knew that movie was coming out about Jordan? You see the commercial for that during the Super no, Bowl? No, I didn't see it. Oh, you missed it? Yeah, I must have missed it. Ben Affleck's in it? It has Oh, it's about the Nike thing. About the yes. Nike yeah, thing. Yeah, he plays Sonny Vaccaro. Matt Damon's in it. Yeah, they're all. Sonny yeah. Vaccaro. Yeah. Sonny Vaccaro. Yeah, I right. know that. I knew. I didn't know that. I didn't know that was even coming out. I'm in. 
Other Stuff segment, episode 226. What do we think of the negative reports about Russell Wilson's charitable foundation when it rains, it pours? Ooh, not, not Do the you year. have an opinion on this? Not the year of They've Russell Wilson. They've since come out and defended themselves. Oh, they have? Yes. I think last time we spoke, they hadn't said anything. So I'm curious to hear what they said. Wait a second. I think we Did brought, we talk about this already? Because I, I think I asked you, have they come out and, and said anything? Oh, I don't remember talking about this on episode 226. Five, we did? Okay. Maybe. I think we did. The report in the U. I thought it was just uh, this week, the report in the USA Today that says only 24.3 cents of every dollar that they acquire goes to actual charities. They've <sighs> responded, and here's what the executive director of his charity, not him, says, Shayla Tate. It is disheartening that a narrow account of our work has attempted to diminish the important impact that we have made in the lives of so many youths and family. Like many charitable organizations, a significant amount of our philanthropic impact is not reflected on our 990 form, including more than $10 million raised in collaboration with our partners who granted these funds directly to nonprofit organizations serving immediate needs. So they are saying, whoa, 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 whoa. What you're reading is not in the entire story. Right. And I don't know what to think. Part of me believes that it's a little bit of a witch hunt, that he's down right now and we're really throwing the haymakers now at yeah. a guy who's kind of been punched around a lot lately. Yep. I kind of want to have maybe in episode 227 an expert on, somebody who understands charitable foundations, how it works. I don't have any idea how this stuff works. No clue. For, if you told me, Mitch, exactly what they're accusing Russell Wilson's foundation of is the case at every other charitable foundation that you'll find. Right. I would not be able to say yay or nay to that. So I'd like to hear from a pro. I'd yep. like to hear, I'd like to be able to ask questions and hear from somebody who kind of studies this and understands before I render my final opinion about this. I come from, do I think Russell Wilson is an evil person? Oh, no. Embezzling money no. from a charity? No. I don't think that. I, I just don't think that's how he's making money and that he's purposely ripping off charities. No, I just don't no. think it. But maybe there's a little of taking care of some friends with some big salaries. Maybe a little bit of that. But yeah, I, I think I, I don't think he's a bad guy. I don't think he's stealing money. The taking care of some friends with some big salaries, the other part to this might be People take advantage, people taking advantage of their friends. They've got a friend in Russell Wilson. Yeah. How do we... How do we parlay that friendship into some money? It's possible that maybe he's not even taking care of some buddies. Maybe they are taking care of themselves, taking advantage yeah, of his name by being a part of the foundation and awarding themselves big salaries. Yeah. So and I don't know. At $55 million a year that's coming up, I don't think he needs to rip off charities no. to make his money. He's no. doing okay for himself. No. Yeah. No. Uh, congratulations, I think, to Kenneth Walker and Tariq Woolen. One was second in the Offensive Rookie of the Year balloting just before the Super Bowl. The other was third. Woolen was third in wow. Defensive Rookie of the Year. Think about that for a second. I know Sauce Gardner won it from the Jets. He's a first-round corner who they drafted and thought, all right, this guy, we're drafted this guy in the first round to be a game changer. Yeah. Tariq Woolen is a guy drafted in like the sixth round <laughs> who converted from wide receiver to corner who was a complete project and who probably when they drafted most would have said won't make the team. Right. Big I'd rather have the guy. I know that one finished first and one finished third, but big difference between the two guys. Yeah. Huge difference. And then there's Ken Walker. I don't know if you saw this. 
He finished second to Garrett Wilson, also of the Jets, yeah. for Offensive Rookie of the Year. But he had more f- votes. He had more first-place votes than Garrett Wilson did. Well, there you go. So, Hey, I, I'm loving those two. So you've got two guys on the Seattle Seahawks to go along with those offensive tackles and some of the other guys, the corner, the um, slot corner, Kobe Bryant. You've got two guys that finished in the top three of the Rookie of the Year balloting in the NFL. Pretty good. It's high time they start hitting on some of these draft picks. That's right. When you're watching Pacheco run around out there for the Chiefs as a <laughs> as a seventh-round pick. From? Uh, Missouri? Rutgers? Oh, Rutgers. Maybe? Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. I think you're Rutgers. Oh, by the way, that Bolton, that linebacker for Kansas City, another beast. He's 22 years old. He'll just be terrorizing. Almost the- had two Jesus. touchdowns in the Super Bowl. He, all he does is just grab guys and chuck them to the ground. And He's by awesome. the way, while we're talking about postseason awards... Pat Mahomes won the MVP. Yes. Did you see that Bill's assistant athletic trainer, Denny Kellington, who was critical in saving the life of Hamlin on the field in Cincinnati, he got an MVP vote. He did. He did. Susie Kolber of ESPN. (laughs) That's nice. uh, Voted him fifth in the MVP. Wanted to ceremonially recognize that the real MVP of the season is the trainer of the the Buffalo Bills. That was very nice. Nice How about about the last guy to win the Lombardi and the MVP in the same year? The Lombardi and the MVP. Well, they they won the Super Bowl and then they won the NFL MVP like Patrick Mahomes just did. Kurt Warner 20 years ago. Really? You'd think it would have happened a little... A little more often than that, than every 20 years. Like right? every year, I would think it <laughs> You happened. would think, right? The MVP would probably win the Super Bowl, Absolutely. too. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Do you like yourself a good mock draft? There's going to be a oh. million mock drafts between now and April. None of them are going to be particularly accurate, but we're going to get all excited <laughs> and lathered up about every one of them. Here's one in the athletic that I loved. Okay. Chicago Bears, number one, Will Anderson Jr. Would like to have him. Number two, Houston Texans, C.J. Stroud, quarterback, Ohio State. Number three, Carolina Panthers via Arizona pick. Anthony Richardson, a quarterback out of Florida. Number four, the Indianapolis Colts pick. Will Levis, quarterback out of Kentucky. Uh And the Seattle Seahawks are sitting at fifth and are able to draft the guy that a lot of people want, Jalen Carter, the defensive tackle from Georgia, when we all thought that Jalen Carter would be done, would be gone. Top three. Top three, way before the fifth pick. I'll take there it. There you go. Now, did you how how far did you go to look for your cockamamie center that you're dying to have? I didn't go down <laughs> far enough to find my cockamamie you gotta center. You got to keep an eye on those But I did once. go down far enough to see who they would have them picking at number 20. Okay. If you want to know that. Sure, yeah. They have them picking Nolan Smith, an edge rusher, and the oh. teammate of Jalen Carter oh. at Georgia. Oh, don't tease me. That would be awesome. So the teammates, the Georgia teammates. I'll take it. Being drafted by the oh. Seattle, according to the Athletic. Can you imagine having those two coming in? Oh, what a dream! Make still it happen. Want the center. Well, you can still get second him. round. Yeah, second round. There I you want go. The center. Yep. Yeah. Did you see the Duke Blue Devils get robbed on Saturday at Virginia? No. Oh my God! For all of you that thought the Duke gets all the calls, yeah. Maybe now that Mike Shashevsky's gone, maybe they don't get any calls anymore. Duke just got totally robbed of a call. In an ACC game against top five or top eight ranked Virginia. Tell me. Tie game. Five seconds to go. Duke inbounding the ball. They throw the ball to a guy who's cutting to the basket. He's wide open. He goes up for the layup. He gets creamed. Yeah. He misses it, but he gets creamed. Okay. Shooting two. And they call a foul as the clock expires. So he's going to get two free throws. Oh. They go to the replay and decide the foul occurred 
after <laughs> after the buzzer sounded and it went to triple zeros. Okay. So they send the game to overtime and Virginia wins by eight or ten. Oh, but you could see. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I don't know what they were looking at. Yeah, it's, it's the worst call you've ever seen. Oh, the 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 foul occurred easily oh, way before the clock struck. Doesn't zero. the entire backboard light up? Yes. Like you can't really get, you can't get it wrong, it. right? You can't get, these guys got it wrong. Oh, it's too and bad. And people loved it. Duke, <laughs> Duke got screwed. Oh, finally. Yes. And the CBS Sports executive Sean McManus, okay, is reacting, responding to what we talked about last week. The Tony Romo, there was an intervention oh, called by CBS. Yes. Because Tony Romo's not preparing for his CBS telecast. He's not doing his homework. Quote, the thought that there is some kind of story behind the fact that I sat down with Tony to talk about how he can get better is just inaccurate, Sean McManus says. Social media, as you know, tends to be very vitriolic and unkind, and it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. <laughs> and then when the mainstream media watches social media, they start ganging. Can he get better? Of course, we all can get better. Wait, social media gets vitriolic yeah. sometimes? Yeah, what social media is he on? <laughs> so if you had to take half your life savings and put it on, they had an intervention with him or they did not? Definitely had an intervention. <laughs> I agree with you. Part <laughs> of the reason is, is because I want them to have yeah, had. Right. That's the kind of man I am. Right. <laughs> have you heard the story of Big Charlie's Saloon in Philadelphia? We're trying to get Big Charlie on. You are, okay. Yes. Tell me. I don't think there's an actual Big Charlie, but it's called Big Charlie's Saloon. Okay. It's a little restaurant bar hole the wall that's a couple of blocks from where the eagles play their games the stadium where the eagles play oh, their i've been right there down. sure yeah it's the official home of the kansas city chiefs rooting section it is yeah and it's been for years <laughs> oh and he's a fan and it's like known throughout philadelphia every yeah, yeah. sunday it's packed with kansas city mis displaced kansas city chiefs fans who come to watch the chiefs on satellite and yeah. they all get together and now the chiefs are playing the eagles for the super bowl <laughs> and he's like oh, oh shit, what am i gonna do yeah it's probably a Chiefs bar in every city, right? A Steelers of bar. Of yeah. course. There's one in Issaquah, for God's sakes. But Philadelphia, you've talked about it before. Oh, their fans are a delight. Could have been a problem. Yeah. So he closed on Super Bowl Sunday. He did. He I want to have out. Him, I want to have him on the show. He oh. closed. How much money did he have to just eat that day? A lot. A lot of money. He said, first of all, there were so many reservations from Chiefs fans. Yeah. I couldn't. And all these people that have been coming all these years, I would have had to turn people away, and oh. I didn't want to have to turn anybody away. That's the first thing. Mm. And second thing, I might have been a little concerned for safety. Yeah, <laughs> you could probably move that to number one. I think <laughs> flip them around. But yeah, well, I mean, uh, I, I know I, a friend of mine owns a Chiefs bar in Issaquah, and they he took reservations, and people love it, and they root for their team, and it's packed house and good time. But he he makes a killing that day. Yeah, it's too bad for Seattle's this guy. Seattle's different. Seattle's for definitely different. Philadelphia, oh, God, and then, they, and especially they, with them losing, he's gonna get a brick through the through the window. That's yeah, probably a good thing that he was closed. Yeah, maybe boarded up. And NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell told reporters at a Super Bowl press conference that we are entering into a new era in the NFL. Flexing schedule is coming to Monday night. Okay. You know that they've always been able yeah. to flex the schedule on Sunday night football. Yeah. But Monday night is like Locked whatever in. whatever the Monday night game is at the beginning yeah. of the year, that's going to be the, not starting next year. Right. They are going to be able to change. Are you going to be okay with that? I'll live with that, yes. I don't need to see three and seven versus four and What six, if you whatever. got tickets for a Sunday game of the Seahawks and they flexed it to Monday night and then you couldn't go to the game? I'll survive. 
I mean, me personally, I'll survive. Yes. Yes. It'll, it'll be fine. So flexing to Monday night. Dan Snyder has not yet sold the Washington Commanders. Why? I don't know. Because the highest bid that he's received is $6.3 billion, and he's not selling it for a penny under seven. <laughs> and... No, I like the guy with principle. Not only is he not selling it for a penny under seven, <laughs> right. he's not selling it to Jeff Bezos. We've talked about that. He's got yeah. a problem with Jeff Bezos because Jeff Bezos owns the Washington Post. Right. And Dan Snyder hates the Washington Post. Gotcha. They've been on his case for years. Yeah, on his trail. Yeah. Yeah. So he's as long as Jeff Bezos <laughs> owns the Washington Post, I'm not interested in selling it to him. Yeah. Although I want seven I'm real, I want a record seven billion dollars. There's like a lot of guys walking around. That's right. And no to Jeff Bezos. Why do I think if he offers seven two, he'll take Bezos? He won't money. take it. All right. We'll he won't see. Won't take it. He wants Bezos to sell the Washington Post Ugh. before he'll deal with Jeff Bezos. Right now, Jeff Bezos is out. He said, I'm out. But Bezos wants to buy a team? Like, he's 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 legit interested, or is yes, it kind he, of a rumor? He, he, for years, well, we don't know for sure. Yeah, I think for years, I think he said publicly, I'd like to own an NFL team. Oh, okay. I always thought it'd be good here in Seattle when, when the Paul yeah. Allen estate demands that the Seahawks be sold. Why not Jeff Bezos? Why not? I, I don't know. People don't like him, too, I'm sure. Oh, well, he's got the money. Lawsuits. I've got lawsuits for you. A couple of lawsuits on other stuff. Okay. We've got former NFL player and all-around good guy Brett Favre filing a defamation lawsuit oh. against Mississippi State Auditor Shad White, Fox Sports personality Shannon Sharp, and sports <laughs> podcast host Pat McAfee. Oh, God. Because they've all defamed him in their comments yeah. about his involvement in a $77 million scheme uh, out of Mississippi welfare fraud case. You're building gyms, volleyball gyms right. where his daughter goes. And he doesn't with... like what Pat McAfee said, and he doesn't like what Shannon Sharp said, so he's suing their asses. Gosh. Have you heard the Michael Irvin story? No. From Super Bowl week. Uh-uh. All right, let me see if I can get this straight. Michael Irvin goes out with a former teammate on, like, the Tuesday night of Super Bowl week. Okay. He's, he's there for the NFL Network. To do their pregame stuff, he works for the NFL Network. He comes home after a dinner. He's been drinking. He comes home. Apparently, he has a 60-second conversation with a woman in the lobby of his hotel, then goes up to his room, and the next day, he gets removed from all NFL Network programming, and he's been told to leave the hotel and go home. Wow. He's like, what What happened? I don't even remember. I, I hardly even remember. I guess there's footage, there's surveillance footage of him having a conversation with this woman. He says it was 60 seconds. You can see from the footage, I shake her hand and I go off to my room. Right. Now, you can't hear what he said to her. Right. She apparently complained about something that he said or the way he behaved in those 60 seconds. And that was it. The NFL removed him from the broadcast. He is suing her and Marriott for $100 million <laughs> over... <laughs> False accusations of misconduct. He claims the accuser wow. and the hotel hope to make him the next victim of cancel culture. So out. Out he goes. I would love to know what that conversation was. I would love to hear it. Gosh, that's crazy. A 60-second conversation costs you your livelihood. That's right. Not, not that he didn't have any, made plenty in the NFL, but you know, it's what he does for a living. 
A 60-second conversation with a stranger costs you everything. That's correct. It's unbelievable. Hotshot, false alarm. Everyone was in a tizzy. It turns out Leonardo DiCaprio is not dating the 19-year-old Israeli model Eden Polani. Whew. Okay? Oh gosh. Okay, thank Everybody's you. Everybody's been in an uproar. Yeah. He is not, I repeat, he is not dating the 19-year-old Israeli model. No, I can He's sleep. dating her 18-year-old younger <laughs> sister. Sorry to get that wrong. God, is he really? No. I'm Come on. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I wouldn't have put it past him. I love the 18-year-old who uh, won $48 million on her 18th birthday in the Canadian lottery. Oh First time gosh. she had ever played the game. She was encouraged by her grandfather to go buy a lottery ticket. You're 18 now. And she won $48 million on her first attempt. She was asked, what are you going to do with the money? And she said, I always wanted to go to medical school before winning the lottery. Now I can pursue this dream without ever worrying about grants or loans. $48 million on her 18th birthday. It sounds or like near her 18th birthday. Got a good head on her shoulders, too. Still going to college. There's probably a reason why I didn't get $48 million at 18. I don't think I would have lived past 21, and it would all be gone. So I'm glad she's going to college and, you know, going to live her Michael life. Jackson's estate is considering selling 50% of his catalog, his song catalog, but only if they retain the controlling interest. Sony Records is thinking about buying... 50% of Michael Jackson's library. But here's the question. I'll give you some, some reference points. S Springsteen's catalog was sold, mm -hmm. his entire catalog, 100% of it, for $500 million. <laughs> Justin Bieber's just sold for $200 million, his entire yep. catalog. Total ownership. How much does the Michael Jackson estate Ugh. want for half, 50%? ownership stake in his songs. I think 50% would probably be around what Springsteen got for his whole one. 500 million. 900 million. <laughs> for half. For half. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I mean, well, he does have the most successful album of all time. He does. That ain't nothing. That ain't nothing. Right. So, I mean, you know, it's going to be a little inflated, but it sounds like the Jackson estate is running out of money. Is it? I mean, why else would they want to sell? Yeah, I guess. I mean, he was the golden goose. The poor guy hasn't been alive for 10 years, and they're still making money off of him. Like, Christ, can't one of you write a hit song or go get a job? Or It's like they just keep using this guy's money. It's unbelievable. <laughs> Are you excited for the NBA's All-Star Weekend? Say no. Uh, what time is that on again? Just say no. Uh, no. Well, the NBA All-Star Celebrity Game on Friday, February the 17th in Salt Lake City, Utah, yeah. is going to feature... Dwayne Wade's team, which includes DK Metcalf. Oh, all right. DK Metcalf has agreed to play in the All-Star Celebrity NBA game oh. on Friday of All-Star Weekend. He's going to go up for a dunk, and John Schneider's going to have his hands over his <laughs> eyes going, God, why are you doing this? Oh, and that brings me to one RIP. I'll let you go first. I got one RIP as well. It's probably the same. One of the most prolific composers and songwriters in American My man. history. And Carol Bayer Sager's husband. That's right. Yeah. Were they, I don't think they were together when he died. I think he no. got remarried. Yeah. But he had enormous hits. Burt Bacharach is the guy. Raindrops keep falling on my head. Uh, I say a little prayer. I mean, he was he helped out. Uh, what's her name? Um, Dion Warwick. Yeah, they, they worked. They had a lot of songs together. Yep. But yeah, he yep. was prolific. Yeah. 
chart toppers, movies, Broadway, wow. television shows, truly one of the greatest songwriters, composers, yeah. producers of all time. Burt Bacharach was 94, and he was the only one that I had on my list. Yeah, he had, I mean, numerous artists covered his songs. Aretha Franklin, Elvis, Dusty uh, Springfield, Frank Sinatra, and Tom Jones. The list of songs you're like, but not Rihanna. Not yet, not yet, but the, <laughs> the night is young. Do you know the way to San Jose? You probably love that one. Love it. Yeah, I'll, I'll never fall in love again. I'll never fall in love again. I mean, there was so many, but yeah, he was, uh, oh, the number one hit, uh, uh, Carpenters, uh, Close to You. He did. He Why did. do birds suddenly appear? <laughs> yeah, he, he had a- 94 a, years old. A million. Oh, last one. He won an Oscar for this one. When you get caught between the moon Christopher Cross? Yeah, that's right, yeah. He wrote that one, theme to Arthur. I mean, the guy was just a prolific dude, man. That's true. Such a good song, huh? What happened to Christopher Cross? The rumor is that uh, when, uh, you know, because he won album of the year. Yeah. He won, like, best newcomer of the year. He had, like, the greatest 1981 of all time. Yes. MTV comes along. Oh. Not necessarily handsome, rock starry. Oh, so what? I could name a million guys that are not handsomey rock stars. So I don't know if it's necessarily true, but I've heard that MTV was not good to his career. That's kind of what happened. They 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 really? wouldn't they wouldn't play his videos and so yeah. But I love. Sorry, I've, I've seen him at concert twice. I have a picture with Christopher Cross. You do? I do. <laughs> From like 2002. Yeah, me and my Please friend post Matt. It. Please post it. Okay, I'll have to I'm find it. I think my hair might be braided too. I'll have to find it. I think I have it. Yeah, I, I love, I'm a huge Christopher Cross fan. Oh, God. Big fan of it. How about headlines? All right, let's go. A Russian woman gave her friend a piece of poison cheesecake in an effort to steal her identity. Mm. Coincidentally, poison cheesecake was the name of my band in the 90s. Microsoft is excited <laughs> to show off AI-powered versions of Word and Outlook this March. Yes. Also exciting, Microsoft? 5,000 more layoffs. I don't know if you've heard, Subway is making a major change to the way they make their sandwiches. They're going to slice it in front of you. They're going to start by making them taste good. A one-legged <laughs> British a one-legged British crime boss was finally Hold arrested. Hold on a second. Yes. The Subway guy in uh, Poker Face, oh, he episode be two. I bet he makes them. He probably he makes He made really good sandwiches. Yeah. He brought them over to the girl at the mini mall. So nice. Every single night Big he gave her a sandwich. Honor. Yeah, that was very sweet. Yeah, I hate the fact that Go ahead. Some people haven't watched. How dare you? Okay. A one-legged British crime boss was finally arrested after five years on the run. He was. Well, five years on the hop. And finally, <laughs> women lifting furniture with their large breasts is the latest oh, viral God. trend for some reason. Stop it. I would warn these women to be extra careful with all the shooting down of enormous balloons these days. That's it. That is a real trend for some reason. Okay. They're tucking like chairs okay. underneath and looking. Okay. Them. Okay. I, I can probably do it if I try hard enough. <laughs> <laughs> I'll show you after the show. <laughs> That's true. Episode 226, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, is in the room.